Yo, my name is Mackin, and I'm here to say that I'm not going to rap because I'm a person. I am a human freaking being. What is up, my sweet friends? Welcome to Happy Sad Talk Thing. This is a podcast. My name is Mackin Carroll. I wanted to welcome you this week especially because it's been a hot sec since I've been on the podcast game. Um... And honestly, I've been avoiding this podcast a little bit. Um, why, do you ask? Why, Mackin? Why would you avoid something that you do for fun? Um, well, because this is a personal podcast. And um, typically, I kind of just like share my thoughts about how I'm doing and stuff. And uh, I've been having a kind of a bummer time recently. You know, and I didn't want to... I could have just skipped the intro. I could have just come on here and been like, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I, I do this a lot. Whenever I'm sad, like, I kind of, like, you know, I kind of avoid all my friends, you know, because I have a hard time being, like, dishonest <laughs> emotionally, you know? And I know that they can all smell it because I have very, like, empathic, sensitive friends, you know? So I'm just like, oh, well, you know, if, if I'm not around, then they won't be able to ask me what's wrong and I won't have to confront myself or my problems um but i've sort of just been like waiting for uh you know everything to get resolved in my life and uh it's fucking life man <laughs> you know it doesn't uh doesn't really ever do that you know and I, and like that's totally fine and that's been something that i've been thinking about a lot recently you know so for whatever reason i've just been underwater you know um i've had this weird health thing i'm totally fine but i was having like vertigo the other day and i've just felt like just dizzy and strange and then just bummed out and just have a no no energy to do anything you know um but yeah you know <laughs> nothing really changed you know i just sort of kept doing my thing um going to class, doing homework, seeing people. Um, yeah, and like I guess <laughs> I guess I feel better now and uh, I'm going to continue living my life. Um, I know this is all vague. I want to spare you all the details of whatever nonsense, but I don't know. It's just interesting. Like I, I'm such a logic-minded person that anytime there's a crazy emotion in my life or something like that i'm like i gotta solve it <laughs> you know i gotta get to the bottom of this um and man sometimes you don't <laughs> it's weird sometimes you don't you know like i'm all about that investigation and and stuff like that but i mean sometimes things don't get resolved and or you don't you know or you just have to sit with something for a while you know, and it's not about uh, like, oh, I just had to have I just had to connect these two dots in my mind, you know, and then uh, all of my emotions will evaporate and I'll be left with nothing but joy. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, but I hope I hope you guys are doing OK and I hope you're uh, allowing yourself to be OK, even in the midst of chaos, you know, because. I doubt, you know, our lives are complicated. They're full of they're full of many things at once, you know. If we're not feeling our own pain, we're feeling 
pain of people around the world, you know? So, I mean, there's, there's really ever a time where, you know, if we're waiting for that moment to, for everything to be all good, to let ourselves be happy, we're going to be waiting for a long freaking time, <laughs> you know? And I guess someone who's very hard on themselves, I, I, I guess I, um, I make it hard. Like I don't allow myself to experience joy sometimes, you know? Cause I'm like, I got all this stuff to do first, you know, that's a, you know, you don't have to, <laughs> you know, you can, uh, you can, um, I don't know, experience levity in the midst of just crazy things going on. Oh my gosh. Podcast. Um, but thanks for listening everybody. Um, I got a great episode this week. Um, I recorded this a while ago with my friend Reese Sinley, and it's a very, it's a very, very honest conversation, talking about a lot of, um, I guess, heavier subjects. Um, so uh, I guess be warned. <laughs> not, it's not like an intense, crazy conversation. You know, it's it's full of laughs and and uh, you know, lightness. Um, but it's a very real conversation, and Reese and I both kind of uh, open up about our history with, uh, you know, therapy and, and self-harm and relationships and religion and stuff. Um, Reese, if you're listening, I'm belittling myself, not at all belittling you. Um, but yeah, it's a very uh, very candid conversation, and um, shortly after we recorded it, Reese was texting me, and he was saying, like, dude, I don't know... <laughs> we should put that out it was maybe a little too vulnerable and, a, and like a little i don't know anyways i we i listened to it back and i i think it's a um i just think it's a good conversation you know i think it's important to put out there um even though like this is a very small show and there's maybe uh maybe 50 to 100 people that'll hear this in the next couple of weeks um I don't know. These these are important. These difficult topics are uh, kind of important to talk about, you know, because um, the worst thing is when you think that you're <laughs> alone in these sort of dark thoughts and uh, sort of airing them out with a, a little bit of sense of comedy, um, I think is really constructive. And uh, I really just admire Reese a lot for his uh, just honesty and just dedication to being a rad ass person. So, um, with that intention, I send you into this conversation, friends. Take care of yourselves. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. I don't know anything. know how this works i have to admit like i'm slightly yeah. nervous about this are you really not not the conversation part just the fact that it's recorded yeah i just like i don't know i'm always afraid that i'm gonna sound dumb <laughs> you know but, i wish i could tell you that that stops at some point I, yeah i mean I, I don't, <laughs> it's, it's it really life, doesn't right? no i but i mean it's like it's one of those things that are you good in your headphones, by the way? You yeah, want to do a yeah. quick little test. You good? Yeah, check. Hey, cool. <laughs> do, I, do you want me like in on the microphone? I mean, I I like to hold it just because they're um, like the way that they okay. are. Um, Word to speak right into it. But well, I, mean, I just you know you got this nice stand. 
Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, you got these, you know. Yeah. No, that's, a, I don't know. Like, I put these here. Some people really like to use them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because then your I'll hands are free. I'll probably keep playing with it. Yeah. Like on the, just need something <laughs> to do with my hands, but yeah, I mean, I, I just like to hold it because it's like, I don't know what else I would do with my hands. <laughs> right. Now, I need something going on with both hands. Too hyperactive. Yeah. See, but- I already became, like, <laughs> self-conscious. Are we even recording? We are recording. We are See, recording. I told you this would happen. Well, I don't want you to feel like I tricked you also. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> That's the thing. It's, like, it's so weird when people come in because it's, like... Oh my god! You know, like we already started having a really interesting conversation, and, yeah. and like there's this weird producer part of me that's like, "Oh, we gotta, we gotta start rolling. We gotta <laughs> yeah. get this. This is gold, baby." Yeah, maybe, maybe we should just, uh, you know, try that take again. You know, just have yeah. the same conversation. <laughs> I wrote a script out for you. Basically. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a good reader. <laughs> no, but it's 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 always weird because, um, like the whole intention with this podcast is to like have a normal conversation with somebody and a lot of the podcasts i listen to just like feel very just like just two people talking Mm -hmm. but there is still this level of like not artifice but it's just like oh we are recording this and it is somewhat public and it's like weird when stuff gets in the way like logistics like yeah oh i can't connect with you right now i have to set up these microphones right (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah and so it's it's weird, like, oh, like, pause on the authenticity for a second. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, like, I've listened to this podcast, though, and I've never felt like it didn't sound authentic, which is nice. Cool. Thank you, man. Because yeah. it, 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 it's, it's not. I mean, like, you, we're just sitting here talking right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I, there's a girl that listens to it that's just like, oh, you have, you have like, a podcast voice. <laughs> yeah. You do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's pretty cool. It's like not like because the whole because my whole like goal with it is to like strip back all the sure. layers or whatever. Sure, or, you know. But I, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is just like, and even with songwriting or something like that, where there's a lot of refreshing songwriters that that do sort of like, you know, let you in. Yeah. In a way, you know, there yeah. is still a veil there. You know what I'm saying? Like regardless of how you do it, you know what I'm right. saying? Because like us wearing headphones right now and thinking in the back of our minds that maybe someone's listening right is gonna slightly change totally <laughs> the conversation you know well how do, i i'm i'm curious cuz you see maybe strike will, me maybe as somebody that writes very quickly mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so and like you probably don't edit a whole lot right no <laughs> I don't i don't well, like cuz I, I feel the same way like i i hate editing like yeah. I, I and i i feel like i like songwriters that don't edit yeah it's like why i like john lennon more than paul mccartney yeah like at the end of the day like paul's probably like more talented but like i would rather listen to like john just bleed you know yeah no because there's something like that like about that kind of in real time like here's just like my thoughts you know what i'm saying like totally why i like podcasting so much because it's this i don't know it's just this direct to consumer thing yeah Um, Oh man, I'm just talking out of my butt right now. <laughs> no, I, I, I I'm buying it. I'm good. <laughs> I don't know as much about podcasting. You, you kind of turned me on to it, but the thing with podcasting is like everybody knows such different podcasts. You right. know what I'm saying? Like every time I talk to someone about podcasting, it's like, oh, like here are the ten podcasts I listen to, and I've never fucking heard of them before. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Which is really cool. Yeah, it's really because cool. I feel like music like recorded music has been all around for long enough to where they're like, 
genres established, you know what I'm saying? Kind of yeah. little sub-communities established. And, like, podcasting, it's been around for, like, 10 years, and there are definitely, like, camps associated. But it's kind of, like, it, it's, like, still, like, so word of mouth, like, oh, my God. Like, you, there's no, like, directory. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or just, right. like, check out these. And because they come out so it's no often. curator. Yeah. Exa- or there, I mean, you can go to, like, blogs and find, okay. like, best episodes of podcast or whatever. Right. It's just... I don't know. It's kind of cool, you know? It's yeah. just like folk art form in I, a way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> you don't need to know anything about podcasting. I would like saying. to. You know, I feel yeah. like it's a good thing to to know about. It's cool, man. It's nice because, like, I always have my iPhone on me and I don't always have headphones. Mm. And, like, listening to music from your iPhone speakers, like, yeah. it can be a bummer for totally. sure. You know? And But just, like, if you're just listening to people talking... It's like, you know, a great way to pass the time if you're absolutely in yeah. the car. But sometimes I use podcasts to like avoid just being with myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is because I celebrate podcasts so much and it's something that I've only been thinking about recently. It's just like, oh, I put this on every night before I go to bed. Maybe it's because I don't want to sit with my thoughts for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> there have been like, I, I feel like people associate that as being such a millennial thing. Mm. Whereas like, isn't that what books are? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, like just because there's a there's a digital device involved, it, yeah. it becomes a bad thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like what is that? I don't know. Oh, okay. It was just this is an, mind. This is an experiment. It's, like this I said. is like so trippy with the headphones on. Yeah. I yeah. might take them off if you that's want to take okay. them off. Yeah, yeah. You, I'm, I'm going to keep them on for levels. Yeah, you do your thing. Oh, I just you I know, did I one feel... ear, and it's already so much better. Oh wow, that yeah, yeah that does change. Although it kind of just falls off. Just do just. But now I off. feel like I'm in the real world again. Yeah. I don't See, know. this is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. I've I've experimented See? with recording techniques to try to make it feel as like normal as possible. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the headphones put me in this little other world. You right. know what I'm saying? Makes sense. I honestly, I felt like. I don't know, like a dissociated kind of thing with the headphones. Yeah. I don't know, man. I've been, I've been feeling that a lot, like today, <laughs> specifically. Feeling dissociated? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just, and talking to people? I guess, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just like a lot of manic energy and then like sometimes that's really good. I feel really creative, you know? Like I feel yeah. like ideas come where I'm not expecting them, but I just don't feel like myself today. Yeah. But it's, 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 I don't know what it is. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm fucking. I'm just been thinking about what I want to do with these headphones. I'm so sorry. No, you're you're chilling. You're They're chilling. off now. Yeah, I don't know. Have you been feeling that way today specifically? Yeah. Well, the last couple of weeks have been weird because, uh, you know, I. Uh, God, this feels so like I'm just thinking about the fact that this is being recorded. Whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I like. I've, I've had like a lot of ups and downs with like the smoking yeah. and the drinking and like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mostly with the smoking, really yeah. like the drinking just kind of affects like, like if I drink, like I want to get stoned the next day or yeah. the night of sometimes. Totally. Yeah. But like, cause being hungover is the worst. Yeah. You know, and weed is just the best <laughs> hangover cure. Yeah. Uh, hands down. No, but I mean like, you know, I've I've gone through a lot of phases of being like, oh, I'm going to be totally sober, you know? Yeah. And then, like, uh, two and a half weeks ago, no, not, not even that, like, two weeks ago, I was like, all right, like, I'm going to try this again, like, full on. And it, it's Sobriety? just... Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And it's just, like, all the shit, like, all of a sudden, like, I feel like my memory's improved, my anxiety level is gone through the roof, but, like, in a... 
I also feel like all this like manic energy kind of yeah. shit. And then, uh, yeah, like I've started having dreams again mm. for like the first time in God months. Yeah. Like like really vivid dreams, and like my therapist is like, oh, you should write down your dreams because it might be helpful to talk about them, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think just like being like conscious of like, oh, like I should be thinking about this has like caused me to remember my dreams more. Yeah, I don't fucking know what they mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they mean either. But they're like, I don't think that they're meaningless. You yeah, know what I'm saying like I think if you look at anything, whether it's like a something that seems potentially meaningless like a dream or like a tarot card reading or something like that yeah if you're viewing it through the lens it's just like oh i'm gonna use these symbols to try to understand something that's happening in my life like i mm. feel like practically like, you can get a lot of good information from that you know what I'm yeah saying? definitely i mean i feel like it's i'm always like hesitant to acknowledge the meaning mm. in my dreams yeah or in my songs like i write a lot of shit because i don't edit that i don't know what it means yeah until like Sometimes months after, like there's a song that I'm working on. Well, it's kind of done at this point, but like I wrote it, I guess my sophomore year Yeah. for Dale. And then now I'm like recording it. And I was like, I brought it into like this therapy session, like a couple months ago. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I finally get what this song means for the first time. And I was like, what the fuck? Like yeah. how... You brought a song into therapy? Yeah, I do that a lot That's now, so cool. I've been thinking about doing that for so long. Dude. But I'm like, is that just like weird? Change the game. Really? Like, yeah, like, because oh I, I saw this guy for like a year and then I brought him the first Dale EP mm-hmm. and the dude like studied it. And I was, he was like, all of a sudden it like changed like how he saw me, but it was like more authentic. Like yeah. I felt like he really saw me totally. even more deeply. Yeah. Um and I think I mean I would imagine it's probably different for different types of songwriters, but totally. like I would imagine for you like there'd probably be shit in your songs that you don't know where they came from. Right. Cuz you have the moment of the flash of inspiration yeah. that you when you get out of the way like where is that coming from? It's coming from totally. your subconscious. It's the same place as the dreams, you know. Yeah, man. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. That, like kind of this like in the moment writing is you're letting your subconscious kind of lead the way right. and not questioning the rationality of it totally. or the through line. Like all of all of the good songs I write, I feel like start out being like, oh, wow, this is a really bad song, but I'm mm-hmm. just going to fucking write it anyways. Yes! You know? So much so, man. Yeah. And that, like the editing process is much more cerebral and it's much more like totally. logical and rational and like conscious mind making mm-hmm. decisions. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about like co-writing before i I don't want this to be just talking craft about songwriting but no no this is interesting yeah you know definitely i mean i definitely think about it a lot yeah Um, well to me like so far this like this all goes hand in hand especially if you're talking about bringing songs into therapy yeah sure yeah i mean that's kind of how we started right yeah um my therapist like was a songwriter is the thing really yeah he had to deal with columbia that's fucking back in the day it's really interesting. Wow. I'm a big Jeff Buckley fan, and, mm. like, he was, like, in New York, like, kind of around the same time, and, like, kind of knew Jeff Buckley a little bit. No shit. And he, like, so, have you ever heard the, like, Live at Shanae yeah. sort of recordings? Yeah. So, like, at that coffee shop when Jeff Buckley left, when he signed with Columbia, the guy that took his spot on Monday nights was my therapist. Holy fuck. And he said it went from being, like, packed, like, you know, just tons of people just to, like immediately back to like Ooh. four or five people Ooh, <laughs> took the spot. 
But sometimes he'll say, he'll tell me a little anecdote from his life, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's really helpful because a lot, like, he understands, like, a lot of the insecurities. Yeah. And, just like mechanics of being like a you know a totally working songwriter. Well, you know that's what I'm that's why I feel like I didn't connect with therapists before this guy. Yeah, because like all the therapists I saw when I was in high school, like they didn't get the fucking entertainment business. <laughs> like they honestly, they were like, if I do my job right, maybe he won't want to be a songwriter anymore. Like yeah, yeah, like th- I, I that's how I felt at least totally. Um, and then you know like this guy. I, I, he's not actually a songwriter. That's fucking sick. But um, well, he was. He's not anymore. But still, he, he's come but through he, that. Exactly. So he gets it. He understands like, sort of those worlds. Yeah, and it's it's nice. It's like yeah. Um, Anyways, like I feel like yeah. this guy's worked with like a good number of artists and songwriters, and he's like really into art. You yeah, know? and it's like so refreshing after like having seen therapists and like psychiatrists especially yeah. psychiatrists i've I never seen like... a psychiatrist or, or maybe i have once I've se- i saw like two other therapists before this guy like two or three times each yeah um and then like wasn't really yeah it, you know and then this guy i've been seeing for... well dale was named after my psychiatrist that's what i heard yeah yeah what was that experience like what, uh, just real quick just psychiatrist means that they can they prescribe. can prescribe shit yeah okay. basically um but i think like Sometimes if you're a therapist, you probably study, like, the actual talking to people more. Like, I didn't really talk to this guy that much. Yeah. But, like, I knew him because the first time I interacted with him when I was was when I was in, like, second grade, which was getting prescribed Adderall yeah. for the ADHD. Yeah. And then, like, you know, I stayed on that for a long time. So we would do, like, regular, like, check-ins or whatever just to, like, like see if the— often? I don't know, like maybe once a year, like not often. You but, sound like once a year. Yeah, and he okay. was just like, you know, how do how do you feel, like, whatever, you know. And then, like, in high school, like I had, like, uh, how old were you when you when you got the prescription for Adderall? I was in second grade, so I was like seven. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. And then that was like that was like turning on the lights in like a dark room. It was really weird. <laughs> like, a really good way to put it. I was it. like a really fucking spacey kid. Yeah. Like I don't think like I was really like antisocial not like intentionally. Like I just yeah. I I could not separate like fantasy and reality. Mm-hmm. Like if I was playing a game where I was imagining that, like, I was fighting dragons. I literally saw the dragons. Like, it was, yeah, it was like really weird. And then after that, it was like, okay, like this is what reality is. But like, I don't think I like. Mm-hmm. I hadn't. I hadn't. I mean, you're a fucking kid. How yeah. do you? How can you process any of that shit? Totally. I don't know. It. I. You know. My parents did a great job of raising me overall, but I think they would be the first to admit that was a place where they kind of fucked up. And I think a lot of parents fucked up with the Adderall thing because everybody was prescribed that, you know? And I think I saw a lot of people that get, got prescribed that later on. And I think that was a different experience for them. Yeah. It kind of became, I mean, I don't know as much about it. It wasn't prescribed to me because I kind of avoided (laughs) that world for that reason because like my older sister did and like a couple of my friends did and I kind of saw people change and yeah, it just seems like a kind of mysterious catch all that has a potential for, 
I don't know. I don't even know. That's why it's so scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've tried to process that a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's what that high for life is about is just kind of like yeah. going from one drug to another drug to another drug. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, you know, and that's why being, having, you know, two weeks of being sober just feels like, what the fuck is my life, you know? Yeah, man. Because I just feel like I've just been running on drugs since I was a fucking kid. <laughs> What was the Adderall like? Like, did was it helpful? Was it um, just different? Or? You know, it's hard. It's hard for me to know because, like I said, like I don't really have much to compare it to. Yeah, you know, I was on it like every day for years and years. Did you make a conscious decision to get off of it, or yeah? Are you still well, on here's what happened: is I had. Uh, it's hard to explain. So I, I dated this girl. And I was, this is like my first like serious girlfriend. Like I had dated like one girl before that, but like it was short, you know, it was like whatever. It was like in middle school, um, not real. Um, and then I dated this girl for like a year and she, um, she and I, man, how do I fucking describe this? So I had like this. I guess episode. I don't know if you would describe it as that where all of a sudden, like how old all, are you at this time? Uh, this was my sophomore year of high school. So I was like 14. No, maybe I'm, I'm getting it all blended. Yeah. yeah it yeah. was like, Around we started dating freshman year. I think this shit happened in like my sophomore year, but okay. it's kind of a weird thing. I didn't talk to her for like a long, long time. And so yeah. I like, I blocked, I don't want to go. It's a it's a it's a long story. And I don't mean to pry at all. No, no. I mean, I I want to be open about it. That's why I was like so anxious about this because I had a yeah. feeling this kind of shit would come up. And it's like the first time like I've gone on like a recorded record besides like the songs that I've written about yeah. this, which are numerous. But yeah, um, but with like, so- songs. There's there's poetry to kind of like to just, hide. Yeah, the I've details. just I've encountered this specific thing before yeah. where sometimes it's like you know you can just be like oh it's art I don't know what it means yeah <laughs> you know what I'm saying but. A podcast is definitely more revealing. Yeah, I, I, I have mean, that like, same kind of fear sometimes where I'm like, oh man. <laughs> totally. And like the dates of all this stuff like get all blended in my mind. And then this goes back to like the shit that I was talking about. Like I don't I don't have a good ability of like separating what's real and what's fake sometimes, especially with like yeah. romance. Mm. Like when I romanticize things. Like I thought this girl was like like we you know, we were gonna get married and like the whole fucking thing yeah i felt really intensely about her i wrote her you know hundreds of songs and like yeah. love notes and all this shit oh yeah man and she was really into it for a while yeah and then she started i think being a little bit worried by it so it felt like she was being distant and i didn't really know what was up and then I, there was like one night and i don't know what the fuck was going on with me if it was just a mood swing or something but i was like all right, like, I know that I feel in love with her. And, like, spiritually, like, I believe that, like, love is, like, the main thing that you're going for in life. Yeah. So if I feel love, but... If I feel love, but, like, it doesn't feel fulfilling, like, in my life, like, what's the fucking point of living? Yeah. And I was like, all right, like, I'm gonna fucking... Like, and I spent, like, three no- three hours, like, we had, we had had this date where we, like, hung out in a tree, like, by my house. Yeah. And, like, so we talked in this tree for a while, and then, you know, 
she left and I was like brooding for like three hours. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hang myself from this tree. Yeah. And like I had it all planned in my mind. It was like only one night really, you know, it wasn't uh-huh. like. Like weeks planned. Yeah. No, it wasn't like anything like that. Although yeah. I had had other like suicidal thoughts before totally. then, yeah. but I, I never talked about it, you know. Definitely. Yeah. So anyways, um, oh man, this is weird. It's weird talking about this, but it's good. It's yeah. good. Um, oh man, so many parallels in my life. I don't want to <laughs> come and do this. No, story, you're, you're, you're good. I, I mean, appreciate I, your candor, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I wake up the next morning, um, you know, after having gone to sleep, like deciding, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So you did decide to sleep on it. I did. Decide, I was like, I'm going to sleep on it. Like, I'm not going to do this right now. I'm going to like, yeah. you know, get the, write the, the note, you know, get the sheet, like build the noose, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I was what, 14, 15, I guess. Yeah. I, I didn't really know what, what the fuck I was doing, but it felt really real at the time. Totally. But what man. was so weird about it. And that I still really don't get to this day um, is, like, there was this, like, storm that came out of nowhere. Like, I was up till, like, 3 o'clock in the morning in that tree, and it was, like, a clear night. And oh, I, an actual storm. Yeah. Okay. And I wake up the next morning, and so, like, a storm comes through, like, early in the morning after I've gone to sleep, and it fucking splits this tree in two. Oh my god. Yeah. What? No, I'm serious. Like That's... you can't write this shit. Yeah. You know? It would almost be a little cheesy if you wrote it. Right. <laughs> you know yeah, and I mean even just talking about it, I kinda dissociate because it's That's like incredible, man. <laughs> it's like it's fucked up. It's like w- the weirdest thing. Easily, that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Um, I don't mean. I just mean cheesy. Like if you if we were writing a story. Yeah, and, and we're we like, that, oh like, yeah, come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, you just like jump the shark right there. Yeah. You know? But this is this this happens to you. That happened to me. You weren't in the tree at the time. No, no. But this was like I had spent the previous night in sitting the in the tree, tree thinking, thinking I'm gonna about hang killing myself, myself hanging from, from this that tree, tree, and the next day it's split in half. Yeah. From God. Yeah. Supposedly. <laughs> Yeah, and like the, oh. like I said, there was no like sign of a storm coming through. It was like a freak thing, and yet it was like, like it took down trees all across the neighborhood. Yeah. It was like nobody anticipated this. It was weird. It was that's, just fucking eerie. As that's shit. fucking incredible. Yeah. Um. So, I it took me like two weeks to like kind of process it. Yeah. And I didn't really process it, you know, I mean, like, obviously, I still don't really get it. But like, I was like, you know, maybe I should like, just take a break from this relationship and try to figure out what the fuck's going on. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, like, I, I can't really explain to you what's going on right now. But like, we need to end things. And I'd been seeing this girl for like a year. And it caught her off guard. She was like, really upset about it. So then we like, don't date for like a while. Yeah. And then we like, kind of get back together. And we just still don't address, like, what happened to me. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like, because I felt normal after a while. Like, I didn't yeah. feel like, oh, I'm going to kill myself. Like, I was just like, okay, I don't, whatever that was, it was just like a freak occurrence. Yeah. And um, then, yeah, so she, after like a month after, is like, yeah, you know, I was thinking about all of that 
for a while. You know, I'm trying to, been trying to understand this. And I think that mm-hmm. you were right. Like, I, I don't think I ever loved you. And then at that, that point, I was like, fuck. And I was like, I, I don't know if I really knew how to cope with that. You know, because this was like the girl that like I had written, you know, all these songs about, and all yeah. the, like 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 I, you know, and like and I not, idealized yeah. my parents so much, and like they had like this perfect relationship in my mind, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna be with this girl. So she she was like, oh yeah, this whole year, like that was all like a lie, and not I don't love you anymore. I never, never loved, loved you. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh fuck, man. Yeah. So. At that point, being stupid and um, just kind of, I don't know why. I still don't really, I don't know. I was just like, yeah. That's rough as fuck, man. It was, it was rough, but, you know, I mean, like, she was, she was just being honest, like, yeah, about what she true. felt at that moment. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I'm going to totally. be honest, too. Like, I, the reason that I broke things off is because I was thinking about, like, killing myself, and I didn't get it. Right. And I was like, but, like, that's just between, like, you and I. She's like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And then I go home that day and, and my mom is like in tears and like, you know, like sends me off to the psychiatrist yeah. again. And then I, you know, that at that point it was like, okay, like off the Adderall on the dep- antidepressants. Oh man. And then everybody starts treating you so differently. I assume because it was weird. I think it was also, <laughs> so it's. I've been trying to come to terms with this too recently is like, I don't know if my parents really took me being a musician seriously before that. Yeah. But then after that, they were like, fuck, we're going to do anything we can. Like, if that's, what's going to make you happy, like, sure, we'll support you being a musician. So there was a lot of good shit that came out of it. I wrote like even more songs about this girl. Yeah. Um, and like, that was like my high school band like all those songs were about her like the song that got me into grammy camp was about her you know which in turn got me into the pop program like half the songs on love dale are about her um yeah it was like definitely like the most important relationship that i've had like this was like yeah you know i was just a kid i was just a fucking kid i didn't know what any of that shit meant yeah man yeah so I don't know. <laughs> Let yeah. it out. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. I've, I've had just had so many, like, similar situations. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's, like, why I kind of feel like, you know, you can talk about that kind of shit. It's yeah. Because, like, it's not, like, that bizarre in the grand, yeah. grand scheme of things, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. I, I I had that type of relationship in high school, too, where it yeah. was, like this is it. This is the thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, I had struggled with, uh, I mean, they're not, I mean, that relationship isn't directly tied to kind of like, I, I feel strange even caught, like I, I used to kind of like cut my wrists in uh, middle school times, yeah. you know? And there was one night where it was like, I was really going for it. <laughs> okay. You like, you know, were you thinking like, I, I want this to end or you just like the, like the, I don't the rush? know that. So it's weird for me to say like, Oh, that was a suicide attempt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because right. That's how I feel too. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> like as if someone's going to be like, hey, I really tried to kill like myself. Like it's a club. Like it's a yeah, club. Exactly, like there's yeah. indie cred or something yeah. associated <laughs> with like a, like, like yeah, these guys really went for yeah. it. These pussies <laughs> recent men. you bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
No, I, I totally feel that, man. But, That's why, like, I don't... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's just, just like, <laughs> hilarious, you so know? So you were, you were doing this, though, while you were dating this girl? No, 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 no. This is a separate thing. Oh, okay. Um... But like with all that self harm stuff, like those thought that, that that this was this was middle school. Okay. This, oh, okay. I got yeah. the timeline. On. Yeah, I I made a confusing timeline. No, you're good. Um, and that I, I don't know. Like I wasn't like trying to end my life. I don't like I was just so confused, and I was just in yeah. like so lonely, and I just like didn't understand anything, <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, this seems like something I can do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if if it's worth anything to you, like I always wished I was in the cool club of the people that cut their wrists. <laughs> so so yeah. you know we might we might both be outside of the suicide club, but yeah, but you're that's the thing. at least like, in the I risk. don't really have very many scars, like so it's like yeah. I clearly didn't cut very deep. That's solid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like you know, I'm yeah. not even in that cool club really. <laughs> the uh the girl I dated after this girl was a cutter. Yeah. And it was it's like an archetype. Yeah. You know what I'm a, saying? It's a thing, yeah. I don't... Do it's you, something I've thought a lot about. It's something I haven't really read a lot about or anything, but it's it's a weird thing where it's like, I can I can manage a very apparent external wound. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because these internal wounds, I have no idea what's happening, and I have no control over them. But something about like, like the element of control and the element of management, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That makes gives a lot you of sense. Power or something. You I've know always what I'm thought that it might be somehow related to like you know the substance abuse thing, like a, just Definitely. another way of yeah. feeling like a certain rush, but also like it's like a miniature suicide attempt, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know? um, and there's this, I don't know, like emotional masochism that like find its way find its finds its way to manifest itself as actual masochism right you know what i'm saying and totally and it has i mean like i have a ton of substance abuse in my family right and like the people that i've known that have cut themselves like tend to have those people in their family you know like there's a there's some yeah archetype there and it it tends to be and it's the same people that i know that do heroin like it's just like really fiercely empathic people you know what i'm saying that just like can't handle how heavy the pain of the universe yeah you know what i'm saying yeah and are trying to find ways to cope you know right and um, that's why i think so many artists are like that yeah art is kind of like another exact way of expressing that you know totally absolutely and it's so it's been interesting in my life like because i'm not I'm not an addict. I haven't had like a serious addiction to mm. something that's like taking control of my life. Yeah. You know, and I, I haven't like been in rehab or anything like that. Yeah. But having, you know, my sister who's a heroin addict and having like, there's a weird thing with like identified patients and unidentified patients, you know, and like yeah. there's certainly so much functional alcoholism so, in my family. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that's that's almost weird because it's like there's all this anxiety created because it's like, oh, this per- this person's fulfilling all their responsibilities as a family mm. member and like loves me and like goes to work, you know what I'm saying? And like yeah. does their job. And it's like because with my sister, it's easy. It's like, oh, like, yeah, like you're you're a drug addict. Like, you know, now like I know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? But I'll I'll experience very similar sort of emotional challenges from people who aren't identified patients in my family, mm-hmm. 
um, or just similar personality traits. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I really do think that like alcoholism and addiction is is just like something that is a part of my brain and is a part yeah. of my personality. Oh, t- yeah. And that's another cool club thing where it's like, <laughs> you know, and my, my therapist is also yeah. in recovery and he's like, yeah. <laughs> cause I'll talk about this sometimes. And he's like, Mac and I grant you like an honorary, like AA <laughs> card. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I want to just like it because it's helpful, you know what sure. I'm saying? And I, and I relate to the kind of anxiety and the feeling of like the outcastness. Totally. And the, um, just like emotional side of things. And like, that's why I like, like we were talking about smoking and drinking when, when we got in here, mm-hmm. and like I've I've made like a just be seeing like different people in my life, you know, use a lot of drugs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like I've I've tried really really intentionally to like make sure that I don't become like a drug addict. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I have to remind myself that I'm not a lot of times because sometimes I'll just treat myself like I am. Yeah, you know, I do that, dude. I, I and a lot of ex- times it's helpful. You yeah, know what I'm like you're talking about this these two weeks of sobriety, and like a lot of times I'll go on like sober stints and and find like a lot of clarity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and alcohol and the thing with identified patients is like a lot of times in my family or whatever, like there'll be like this weird thing where it's easy to sort of rationalize your own health, mental health if you have someone in your family that's an identified patient, cause it's like, I'm not oh, the crazy yeah. one. Dude, my, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, I feel that way. Like my uncle, yeah, he, uh, you know, has gone through AA and Narcanon yeah. and, uh, gambling addict, you know, and he's like 60 years old and like up until a couple of years ago, he's living in his car. Yeah. And, um, you know, I I look at that and I'm like, oh well, I'm not. I don't look like that, so I'm not an addict. Exactly. And yet, I feel the the addictive personality thing. Yeah. Constantly. Totally. But it's yeah. I think it just it's like a spectrum, and it just presents differently in different people. Exactly. And well, and just the for me, there's this fear of denial. You know what I'm saying? This, yeah. This, because I see so many people that are like. And even with my sister, who's like this identified patient, she'll go through different periods of like relapse and recovery. You know what I'm saying? And then right. one of the sort of phases of her recovery that's like almost indicative of an of an like an upcoming relapse right. is like, oh, I'm doing so good. Look at all of these accomplishments. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. look, I have 90 days of sobriety. So look, that you can justify it to yourself. Yeah, the exactly. Next time. And I'm wondering, I'm like, oh my God, do I do similar things? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. As someone who hasn't been identified as a patient, do I go like, oh, I'm fine because I'm in school and yeah. I'm fine because like I took a shower today. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, am I avoiding really looking at whatever my pain is dude when i went to my meditation retreat and i want to get to this too yeah so i felt like there were like two different groups of people that were like led up to that by the way just uh i don't i keep there's so many no yeah i mean things you're saying (laughs) so i'm excited um, that we're getting into this it's so connected because (laughs) yeah this was right after i had my sophomore slump letdown and i in college yeah okay so and i had like a similar kind of thing i would my my goal for a long time after the high school shit was like, okay, I'm going to be successful enough that I can join the 27 Club. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I was like, 
I was like, okay, I need to like be successful by this point so that yeah. I can kill myself at this point. <laughs> like, and it was like a big plan of mine. And like, this so is I like, can be Kurt Cobain. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, I I loved Kurt, you know, yeah. so much that I was like, yeah, I want. And like, I saw that he just he lived forever in a way. You know, he became more than his own life. And I was like, I don't want to live my life. I want to be symbolic of something other than me. And I don't think I realized how that harmful that was until like my sophomore year. And when I was smoking every day and, um, I was living with, um, Nolan Frank and, uh, we, there was, there was just a night where, um, I had gotten really upset about something and I don't fucking even remember what it was originally, but I, he could just tell I was like really depressed and like in a fucking bad place. (laughs) And then at some point I just like spat it out like that. I, I was thinking about like killing myself. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So that led to me going to see the the current therapist that I'm Uh with, you know, and like, having all of that and, and trying to get sober for the first time after having experimented with substance for the first time. Yeah. So I had only been sober for like a couple of weeks before I went to that meditation retreat. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is like, it felt like there were like the new agey people that like had their shit together and were just like, yeah, I mean, I already do all this other cool new agey shit. Like might as well do a meditation retreat. And then there were like yeah. the alcoholics. And I was yeah. like, I'm, I don't think I'm either one of these. Yes. Oh my God. Wow. But, but then like this one group of people just came up to me one day, like after I'd had some conversation about whatever with them and they took me out in the woods with them. This is at the retreat. Yeah, Mm. and they were just talking about their lives, and they were talking about the program, and I didn't really know too much about the program at that point, and they gave me a breakdown, and they asked me some questions, and they were like, "Um, you know, do you ever feel like, you know, you can't stop at one drink or whatever, and I was like, yeah, and it's like, do you feel like you could say no to a substance, and it's like, yeah, and like, all these other fucking things that they just ask people, Uh kind of leading questions, you know? And they were like, you know, I think you should read this book. And then they gave me the Alcoholic Anonymous book. The blue book? Yeah, the blue book, yeah. which I, I still have. And, like, I hold on to it. This guy was telling me the story of how he, like, stole it from, like, this rehab center in Massachusetts. And then I got it from him in New York. Yeah. Like he's, and then, like, I just think it's cool. Like, like yeah. look, this book has just traveled around. It's like, yeah. like, it's all torn up and it's, like, clearly, like, has this history to it. Yeah. So anyways, but I was reading the blue book and the the first chapter where it talks about Bill. I haven't read it myself, but I've heard it. You it's know, it's a good read. Times. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't identify I'm, I'm as an addict. On. No, that's the, that's the thing is like I like my sister's talked to me many times like when she's like doing doing well, just about like they have basically like a, just 12 step programs for like Al-Anon, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And like fam- like, <laughs> you know, and. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just like, because the more I would get into, like, spiritual texts and things like that, the more she was working her way through the 12-step program, and we would kind of compare, yeah. and I was just like, it's a lot. this is just kind of like, this is all just mental health, Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, that yeah. that it is so applicable to all of humanity, you know what Absolutely. I'm saying, and so I definitely, 
it's a weird another it's another stigma thing where it's just like oh like right because i had a thing where i was just like going to aa meetings <laughs> you know Dude, yeah like either with like ex-girlfriends or, or with my sister or sometimes i would just go just to <laughs> you know kind of see yeah and not not with a sense of separation as if we're like i'm gonna go observe this group of other people but be like working on themselves exactly you yeah. know what i'm saying and it's kind of cheesy but there was this one catholic priest some guy was quoting this guy in this podcast but it's yeah. a it's kind of a cool quote and he was saying like he was talking to some addict and he was like oh i'm in recovery for alcohol and this this old priest was just like yeah i'm in recovery like from like the human condition yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah which is a little corny but it's just like well that's what we're I... all in fucking recovery man right. <laughs> that's my favorite th- like philosophy that they hold is that you know the whatever the substance is is just a symptom of a disease that you already yes. had. Yes. I, I definitely buy that. There's some totally. shit in that program that I'm not as hot on, but yeah. that I get. <laughs> yeah, um, totally, man. So I think there's so much universal truth. But I want to hear about your retreat. Like, well, well, what was – yours was a week, right? Yeah, we did like a week. Um, was it silent? It was largely silent. There would be like – like at nights, people – some people would talk. There were like certain people that – went the whole week silent yeah um and they like but they they didn't like enforce it like a rule right and you know that was largely the, one of those separations too the addicts would you know like at the end of the day they'd be like man that was fucking hard like light <laughs> up a cigarette or whatever yeah. and then you know the new agey people would just go silently in prayer back to their room you know <laughs> yeah man um you know and uh yeah so it was it was good. A lot of shit came up for me, obviously. Yeah. Um, had you done what had been your kind of experience with like Buddhism well, or I, spirituality up to that point? Yeah. I mean, I grew up uh, United Church of Christ. Okay. And What's that? It's like a very like, it's almost like Unitarian, but like, um, yeah, it's just very left wing liberal church. They got a lot of cool. flack for like being the first like Christian church to like allow gay marriage. Yeah. Which is like, I'm That's... like super proud of oh, now, yeah, but it was like, yeah. it was all over the news, you know, for a long yeah. time. It was like, fuck these, you know, yeah. they call themselves Christians, whatever. Oh my God. That's um, punk rock as fuck. Yeah. Dude. That's what Jesus is all about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? dude. That's so, so it was sick. a great, great place to grow up and they were yeah, very open minded and they had people in from different religions to talk about things. So yeah, they would, they taught us how to meditate in Sunday school. Which was oh my god, really great. This is incredible. Um, but like I don't, I mean, I was a spacey kid already. Oh yeah, and like I don't, I you know, meditate. I still can't fucking meditate. <laughs> I try. Hard, I have like a thing in my calendar every day at one o'clock. I'm supposed to go out and meditate for twenty minutes. Yeah, and then I do you know voice warm ups or whatever. Yeah, and I've been doing that for like the past two weeks. And nice. It's fucking awful. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard. Yeah. And like, I definitely feel like a difference, but I don't actually feel like I'm like achieving what people talk about. But maybe yeah. that's <laughs> what fucking Nirvana is supposed to be, right? Well, that's the thing. That's a, and a lot of people talk about that. It's just like that's kind of part of meditation. It's just like, in a lot of ways, it's like if you're trying to like be good at meditating, like you're yeah. <laughs> you're almost right. missing it. You know what right. I'm saying? Where it's just like. Or just, like, that's just another thing to observe, you know what I'm saying, right. in your meditation. It's like, I, oh, I there's know. a thought. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm like, using my failure at meditation to make myself feel bad. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Because for me, I'm always looking for reasons to, like, 
find where I'm like not measuring up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah, it, for sure. it, you can use your spirituality in a sense just to like emotionally abuse yourself. You're just totally. like, God fucking damn it. I was supposed to meditate today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And it's just like, right. And the thing that I've always struggled with in Buddhism is that it seems so selfish. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Like I'm just trying to like achieve enlightenment for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I like I like the idea that like you know if you work on yourself enough that your own peacefulness and tranquility transcends to other people. Yeah, exactly. But like it does seem very different from other spiritual practices in that it's all about going into your own self. That and is like true. Letting go. Um, you know, which I have a hard time with. You know, like how yeah. am I? Because I want to be hard on myself, and it's all about like love yeah. yourself. You are the most important person in your life, and it's like no, I'm not. There's a lot of people in my life that are more important than I am. Yeah, you know, like I should be thinking about them, not about me. Yeah, you know, I feel you, man. And I'm I'm such a cheerleader of Buddhism that I that I sometimes I fail to think about it critically as it, as I do about Catholicism because I was mm. brought up in the Catholic Church, right? Ish. Um, right, you went to Catholic high school, I right? went to Catholic high school, yeah. Uh, my family wasn't super Catholic, but like, eh, you know, church. Yeah. I was I was confirmed and stuff like that. Sure. I feel like, like there's a lot of Catholics like that. Yeah, and we had crosses on the walls mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but we never, ever once talked about God as a family. You know what I'm saying? No or, dinner table n- conversations. No, <laughs> just, no, because yeah. my, you know, my, you know, they were like, this is, you know, this is, seems like a good thing, but it's not. Like, faith wasn't, like, an active part of, I don't think, my parents' lives as right. much, necessarily. Right. Um, and my mother wasn't, like, brought up in the church, you know what I'm saying? But she was brought up in a home that didn't have very much structure. And so she was, like, it was very important to her because her mom was super hippie, like, whatever. Interesting. So <laughs> she, she kind of went like, the other way. The other way around. She was hmm. just like, I want to make sure my kids have this opportunity, you know what I'm saying, and have sure. this kind of structure, which is which is interesting. Yeah. Um. So you were talking about like <laughs> criticize, like it's very easy for yeah, you to criticize it, it, Catholicism. Totally, because I was that was my those are my folded arms, cynic, angsty years. You know right. what I'm saying? Where I was like, right, and and honestly, there was a lot of there was a lot of that. There's a lot of dogma in Catholicism. Totally. There's a lot of this is the way it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. and this is why, and and don't necessarily ask questions, right? Which isn't something I'm into, right? But it was also a lot of my like. I was looking at it through a lens, which I don't look at it through anymore, which mm. is like, like th- I was really into logic those years, right. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> which <laughs> Catholic and, uh, church's number one enemy. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it's, um, and I love logic, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I, and I'm trying not to just go the other way now and be like, Ooh, logic tells you this and just like right. place my faith in, in other things. Um, but I just think it's important to question things and I think it's important. I don't know. Anyways, I talk about Christianity too much on this Well, I'm, I'm interested <laughs> in what your take was on the retreat. Because, like, for me... On the meditation retreat? Yeah. yeah. Like, like I was just going to say, like, I felt like it was really positive, and yet there were yeah. still a lot of things that I was like, ah, about. Yeah. But, like... Totally. Like, I'm curious what your take, what takeaways were, well, you know? Just from... Just real quick on that idea of, like, Buddhism being self-involved. Which mm. is something that I find interesting, and I, and I talked to a girlfriend who I hadn't talked to in a really long time the other day, and there's this meditation 
society basically in LA that, that she goes to all the time or she used to go to. And that's how mm. she got me into the whole thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? She said she stopped going cause she was like, nobody there like has families really. And everyone is just kind of like single right. and really talking about their own deal. Well, you know? and that's how I felt about the fucking monks. I was yeah. like, who's, who's paying for all this? <laughs> it's like where, like you get to live yeah. in this like perfect world where you don't have any fucking problems because we come here to study from you that is so true if every person on the planet earth became a monk people would fucking starve exactly you know yeah that is a really interesting thought when you get into like the finance of spirituality yeah you know and just like oh yeah yeah that's super interesting that might not be true you know the the if everybody came a monk i guess if you had farming monks and true but it it, it becomes it becomes interesting and like yeah, those are those are those are fascinating ideas for sure. When you start to question, like, okay, so like, what is the what's the ultimate goal of this? You right. know what I'm saying? Because it's like, right? Yeah, like a lot of them are living on charity from other people. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? And and oh man, that's interesting. I mean, sure. I don't. I, I feel bad because you know, like, of all like the religions out there, I mean, I like Christianity. I mean, they're all they're they all have great things to them you know yeah, and so much of it is about intention you know what right I'm saying? right yeah i mean i i know there are the, asshole buddhists out there exactly and there yeah. are like fucking some of the coolest people ever that are like Hare krishna or whatever right <laughs> you know yeah what I'm saying? yeah totally it's like the the religion is almost not the defining factor yeah um it's like the, yeah, the I instrument mean, i like don't want to criticize buddhism because i think it's a, yeah. it's one of the good ones in my mind you know i'd put yeah. it up there in terms of like it's certainly a place where i find a lot of truth for sure yeah and um but this is interesting for me because it's something i celebrate so much it is something i sort of haven't thought critically too too much about um but i there is this uh do you ever read anything like pema chodron no she's a cool like american uh turned like buddhist nun okay chick cool. um and uh, just the, there are these ideas of um, there's these people called like known as bodhisattvas, and right? Just the idea of someone who like has the opportunity to become enlightened, but mm-hmm. they like choose not to, so they can like kind of remain here and right. like, help people. You know what I'm saying? And right. I, I like that idea of I'm most able to bring love into the world, like when I'm. You know, if I work on myself, you right? Know what I'm saying like, I I like that too. You know? it's something that I still have like an issue with when I look at all the monks, though. Yeah, it's like okay, if that's like the best way to help people, either you should be bringing in groups to do this for free, like yeah. all the time, yeah, or you should just be going out into the world and like doing something about it, not totally. just sitting around meditating all day. <laughs> um, yeah, there there is that idea of like, oh, in a way, like. The ascetic, the ascetic kind of lifestyle is kind of running away from yeah. the world. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Which I mean, God, I mean, like that is that is just like one that is a valid criticism of it. It's not something I, I don't know necessarily what I believe. Yeah, that's an well, interesting I don't know either. I just it. am, you know, playing devil's advocate, and that's healthy to do. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that, like, from a kind of scientific. Like through a scientific lens, which is like something I really respect about science, is that mm. this radical skepticism, like let's hit these ideas with sledgehammers until we know that they're true. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that is just another avenue of finding truth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it's important to, for me, like kind of harvest these different like approaches from, you know, different schools of thought. Yeah, totally. And um, I don't know, man, because it's like, 
you know, spiritual teachers got to eat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, yeah. And it's just like, you pay someone for a guitar lesson, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be like, you should just be giving the gift of music for free to everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. just like, these are precious. Like, I had a valid experience at the meditation retreat mm-hmm. I went to. It was, yeah. al- it was also pretty affordable. And I, like, I've that tried helps, to, yeah. I wanted to sign up for other ones. And I just started looking around and like, oh my God, there are some fucking expensive meditation Oh yeah, totally. They're like three fucking grand for the weekend. It was just <laughs> yeah. like, are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Yeah, to just fucking sit around. It's like, what are you Ooh, paying for really? Exactly. You know? It, it's just, it gets, it gets really tricky in those situations. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think that's, it's a, it's a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where there, I'm sure there are people that are getting a little greedy. You right. You know what I'm saying? But then at the end of the day, it's like, this one was like, 25 bucks a night or something to camp oh you know that's and it was like all meals included and like it was it was super affordable yeah as far as just like what the experience they were offering versus how much they were charging yeah um i really dug it i um in a way the reason that i respond so much to buddhism is because like the reason i reacted against christianity a lot which i've since kind of like changed a lot of my perspectives on but um because there isn't a lot a ton of dogma to buddhism you know what i'm saying right and there isn't a ton of the theology or mm-hmm. like to me it's very practical you know what i'm saying and it's right. just like what what based on <laughs> like what we know about being alive like how can we like maximize our happiness here and reduce our suffering right. you know i like that it doesn't like the thing that drew me to buddhism was uh the poison arrow parable i don't know this parable uh i'm gonna butcher it but um it's basically like you know so a a warrior (laughs) gets uh shot with a poison arrow and if he spends his time trying to figure out who shot him or what kind of poison it is (laughs) he's gonna fucking die whereas you know if he just pulls it out that's the best thing that he could do yeah um i love that yeah which is i guess it just goes to say it's like you don't need to know like what happens to you after you die or yeah. like how you got here like just live a good life totally and those are those are fascinating conversations yeah. to have to speculate for sure but um and I, and to me like there are so much there's so much practical so much practicality to other faiths as well but like i kind of learned how to how to have a religious practice in that way through buddhism yeah because it's like and this is, I don't know, I, I don't know who I'm quoting right now, but just the idea that, like... Quoting Mackin. <laughs> no, I've gleaned this from a couple people, okay. and it's like, um... Like, if you knew for sure if God existed or not, like, would it really change your life that mm. much? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just, like, having the answers that people debate so much in these kind of, like, religious contexts of, right. like where you go after you die is like, is that really going to change right. you that much? You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, are you going to be less of an asshole if you know <laughs> that you're going to get into heaven or something like right. that? You know? And it seems like a backwards way to live your life. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you think about like the million, probably billions of people that have been killed over yeah. those kind of disagreements. Yeah. It's just like, it really? Is, it is strangely wild. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, and just... So the, the reason I liked the retreat so much is because I've been on a couple Catholic retreats that have had so many amazing parts to them, um, but they were they they also like were extremely strict and they were they were very 
there was a lot of discussion of dogma and things like mm. that and uh also like a ton of self reflection and and prayer and contemplation and like right. focusing on like loving other people and loving yourself and just like generating positive relationships right. you know what I'm saying that that is like truly mind blowingly great and there's like ton of transcendental awesome cool shit in Christianity that mm. I've like since come to appreciate but um yeah, just that like really cynical part of me also just like has to kind of hold my breath for certain parts of those experiences where mm. it's just like, or like look at it as a metaphor or something like that. So I'm kind of doing a right. lot, <laughs> you know, juggling you to, put in, yeah, your to own get work the most to... for me because I have so much buried resentment in that space, th- right. but it's fun for me to work on that. That's why I like spend so much time with christianity these days is because mm-hmm. it's like a way for me to kind of like work against that anger that i've built up you know yeah it makes sense but i like the buddhist retreat a lot because um it was you know no one was asking me to like sign on to any school of thought really it was just like yeah hey let's let's focus on our breath and let's focus yeah. on walking and let's try to enjoy these things yeah and like I mean, like, I showed up and, like, no one really told me where to go. And, like, <laughs> no one really told me where to park. Yeah, And I'm, I like, remember... very Western, very logical. And I was like, where do I park? Where do I go? How do I? Where's the pamphlet? Who do I talk to? Ah! You know? Dude, I remember very similarly. Yeah, I almost missed my train getting yeah. <laughs> getting back. And I actually did end up missing my, my flight uh, coming back from New York to L.A. Really? Which was, like, to me, I was like, okay, this is the test. Like, can I be mindful? Am I yeah. going to get fucking pissed off in the airport? Yeah. <laughs> um, totally. Yeah. And, and, and just, but just, yeah, and, and, like, the way I was just like, I don't understand. This this event happens at 4.30 and the next event's not till 7.30. <laughs> like, what am I, what are we supposed to do for these two hours? Like, yeah. I don't understand. Who, who was running this place? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And that's almost, like, part of the exercise, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, yeah. Like, no one was, like, there was no super formal like welcome like here's an itinerary right like, here's the thing like it was a very much just kind of like i don't know like i showed up in the monks like the first event i was just like this little walking meditation and then like so everyone's kind of like like what the fuck is happening you know what i'm yeah. saying and especially because like some of the catholic retreats i had gone on were through my school and so it's just like obviously when you're dealing with like high school students and there's sure. like Catholicism to... is very strict and it's uh-huh. just like, so there's like so much rules, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's gotta saying? be like a daycare aspect. Exactly. It, yeah. So I was just, I was a little bit like, I, what, you know what I'm saying? There are, yeah. there are not enough guidelines. Um, yeah. But then I was like, Oh, I kind of love this. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it was just interesting kind of observing how little the monks would speak. You know what mm. I'm saying? And how intentional they were with their speech. Yeah, they're slow talking. Yeah, yeah you know? I like and, that. And just, like, everything didn't have to have this theological basis to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were with this one monk, and he's just like, I love ringing this bell. It's such a nice bell. Oh, my god! And, like, that was it. He just likes That's ringing that amazing. bell. You know what I'm saying? And so That's great. It was fantastic. And so it was just, like, a lot of practical stuff that since then has been really good you know what i'm saying mm. it's just like trying to enjoy walking from place to place you know what i'm saying yeah that was <laughs> huge, huge or just looking at a tree and being like what a great tree yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying like we yeah. were in this one circle on the last day and i was talking just about like being loneliness and being angry and mm. and, and and focusing on on all the lack of love in my life even though there's this overwhelming amount of love that I ignore and I'm just like what about this missing piece of love that I don't have you know 
Mm. And this one like French monk girl with like a shaved head was just like talking to me about trees for like <laughs> 10 minutes. It was fucking <laughs> awesome. And she was That's just great. like, you know, trees are your friends. And she she was almost like, I don't understand how you feel lonely when there are so many trees around you <laughs> <laughs> you know which seems oh so gosh. like so, there were so many parts of my like rational mind that was just like this hippie bullshit whatever yeah but um but she was just talking about how like you can like look at a tree and 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 we're just like go sit like right next to a tree you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying and it's, it's like harder to feel lonely at that time and just like damn you can kind of ask those kind of questions to like trees and birds and things like that. And like, not necessarily expect an answer, but just sort of feel comforted Mm. in their company, you know? And I swear to God, this has been like such a radical transformation in my life. Like that's awesome. I started going on a walk to start the day. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause like I, (laughs) you know, normally like either like, and still to like, you know, I'll just like go on my phone for like 20 minutes, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Or like masturbate or something. And just like, you know, roll out of bed like a half hour after just like absorbing all this, just like, you know, I'm on social media, I'm comparing right. myself, I'm just like, ah, I hate everyone, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. like, that sets the tone for my day versus like, going out, going out, like, I, I breathing, just, yeah, being breathing. mindful of those yeah, things, trying yeah, trying to be present, trying to have yeah. a relationship with my breath and, and with walking and just enjoy those things and be not like, not as a means to an end, not because it glorifies God or something like that, or not that there's an issue with that, but for me, it's like really nice to have this like closed circuit. It's just like, I'm, I'm right here right now and I'm walking and there's a really nice tree. It's a beautiful thing. Period. You know what I'm saying? And, um, did they have, uh, bells of mindfulness? Was that like, yeah. And everyone's, you're supposed to stop and just sort of like take a couple. So people would be like mid conversation and they'd hear a bell. That was like my favorite part. Yeah. I think was, yeah. Like, yeah, you, oh, they're, they're these bells. And then, um, there was like on one of the last days, one, you know, they were talking about like ways to bring this out into the world. Yeah. And they were like, traffic is your new mm. bell of mindfulness. Yes. And it changed the way I drive. Yeah, man. I'm like, I get, I get, I like come to an intersection and stopped. I'm like, okay, like here I am. Yeah. I am. You know? And it's yeah. like, that used to just piss me off. I'm like, God, I gotta get somewhere, you know? Totally. Man. I mean, I, I say like I've fixed myself. Like that's not no, true but at recognizing, all. recognizing, like, recognizing these opportunities to yeah, check in exactly. with yourself, you know what I'm saying? As opposed to like when, because they would do it with people's cell phones, you know, if people's cell phones mm-hmm. would come off, they would treat it like a bell. You know what I'm mm, saying? Yeah. As opposed to like what I was just like, hey, motherfucker, like we're trying to have this peaceful experience. <laughs> God damn it. Turn your fucking phone off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like they would hear like a text for like an iPhone ding, you know what I'm saying? Or like this, the, the church bell or whatever. And they would do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> That's and so cool. I'm listening to this, like uh, these lectures by Ram Dass right now, who's like a great spiritual dude. And he was okay. just talking about like teaching meditation in new york city you know what i'm mm. saying and like people getting really pissed off when sirens would go by and he's like that's right. free energy you yeah. know what i'm saying you can just take that right in like that's a free just massive blast of energy yeah. you know what i'm saying what a beautiful way of looking at things exactly. and so that's sort of what i've become obsessed with as far as religion goes it's just yeah. like practically what what how can we shift the way we look at the world you know what i'm saying just to like have a better time yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying i mean it seems like it's so and, and all that shit is in other religions too mm-hmm. and it's just like buddhism i just feel like they cut the fat you know yeah you know? exactly um, i feel that too and that's the thing and so I, I would um you know like 
Because my friend runs a church camp every summer, and they, there's like a band that plays. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I used to play in the band for a couple of years, and then they got a couple of like younger kids to kind of like take the parts. And mm-hmm. I was like, this year I wasn't in the band, and I was like, should I still go? And I was like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You get to like, it's fun because it, I just like run the games with my friend Joey, and basically we're just like playing tag with kids. <laughs> you know That's what I'm saying? Awesome. I get to see all my high school friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so like once I kind of like had some of this religious experience with Buddhism, like I started to be able to kind of go to church and be able to like look for things that inspired me as opposed to look for things that pissed me off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause it's like very easy to find reasons that religion makes you angry. Totally. You know what I'm saying? And it's like super easy to find logical pot, like plot holes, you know what I'm saying? And, and whatever, but it's almost like, it's almost radical, you know, to like, look for truth in, in that space. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so anyways, it's hard to be accepting yeah. of the good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just like, Oh, I, I, I can use these tools, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, so the retreat was really cool for that because I just, I don't know. It, it kind of brought me into like a regular daily practice, which is nice. Cause I've been on and off for years, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And, um, I mean, I only meditate for like 10 minutes a day, but the reason I like, picked like such a i don't know small changes over time yeah tend to stick you yeah know? <laughs> yeah um and also just the idea of like like everything is a meditation in a way you know what i'm saying and just like right if i treat something like a meditation i i just tend to be more present and get the most out of each moment you know what yeah. i'm saying as opposed to like and this is something somebody was talking about in their retreat. It's just like, because you would start the day, you'd get up at like five and then like do these big meditations right. in the morning. And he's, right. like, when you, he's like, when you're waking up and you're going to the shower or whatever and you're doing your whole routine, like it's not like, oh, I'm about to go meditate. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, this is not meditation. I'm preparing for meditation. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then like as soon as the bell rings and you're getting off the cushion, it's like, oh, I don't have to be present anymore, you know, now I'm right. back. And sometimes I'll think about that. Like, sometimes yeah. I'll have two minutes left to my little meditation. It's just like, just two more minutes and then I can fucking dude, che- I can yeah. check the fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> you dude, know I I'm do saying? the same thing. I'm like, I like open my eyes mid-meditation. I'm like, oh, yeah. five minutes. Constantly. Oh, fuck. Like, and I'm looking forward. I'm so, I'm just like yeah. so excited for when I can check the fuck out, you right. know? And right. it's just like, dude, it's all... It's all that. It's all that, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And th- th- that's just an opportunity to practice that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But traffic is another great opportunity yeah you know what i'm saying and not saying i don't get pissed off in traffic you know right. what i'm saying but it's like it's practicality once again it's just like is my anger gonna get me anywhere faster and right. what am i gonna do when i like am at the place that i am you know yeah. what i'm saying like I'll, like crossing the street um to go to class every day sometimes like you'll see the thing counting down on the crosswalk and you're like oh i gotta get across the street and then, like, you don't make it, and you have to wait for the next light, and you're like, mm. God damn it, I'm stuck waiting here. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and also then have... you spend all this anger, energy, exactly. you know, and it's like, what, what does yeah. that really accomplish? And I'm not going to be late, you know what I'm saying? And, mm. and it's like, so if, if I get to class, like, five minutes later or five minutes earlier, like, if I get there early, I'm just going to spend that five minutes, like, on my phone <laughs> or right. something like that. You right. know what I'm saying? Another, like, find another way to check out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, there's never a time where you can't be mindful. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And not saying that that makes everything this like super great, happy, awesome time. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's hard to be mindful with like when you're like angry, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Or you're tired or you're fucking, or you're crying or something like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? But 
like that to me is the is the way to have the most direct relationship with existence you know what i'm saying and and to have like the least amount of attachment you know and yeah. and and craving is i don't know or just right. to like pay attention to these things yeah. you know what i'm saying and, i feel uh, like it made me enjoy like playing music in a different way too oh, i almost choked but dude yeah literally playing live music to me is the perfect like microcosm of mindfulness because right. it's like it's not it, it's gonna end <laughs> right. you know what i'm saying and you have to be present right. to play with people you it know changed what I'm like the way i felt time like, yeah when i was playing i was like 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 when i came back the first time i like sat down to like record something on a click yeah i was like feeling the click in a different way than i had before i know that's totally such a, you know technical kind of takeaway no but i really feel you it was, it was weird totally because like a lot of times like i feel a lot of anxiety when i'm listening to a metronome yeah and it's like oh i'm recording now i gotta like yeah. shift the space and like i'm really thinking about this part that's coming up you know what i'm saying it's right yeah like, in a way like the perfect expression of live music is when you're like really in the moment you know what right. i'm saying and if you're worried about what's coming up next or the the wrong note that you just right. hit yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. what i'm saying yeah. it's a perfect little metaphor because right. like i'm you're, i'm constantly stuck in the future and the past in my mind you know what i'm saying like right. worried about every possible situation that could go wrong at the the rest of this day or in 10 years or whatever and then over analyzing every situation i was just in you know what i'm saying it's just like yeah. I don't know, Ram Dass quote again, but like, um, like f- for me, like planning for the future or think or rehearsing conversations or whatever, it's just like the intention behind that is I want to get the most out of those moments. So I'm going to make sure I'm really fucking prepared. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just end up, you know, stressing myself out or like cre- manufacturing so much anxiety. And like something that Ram Dass says is just like, like, if you're present now, like you're going to have the like optimum attention and awareness, like when you get to the future, Mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that like presence is really the best way to prepare. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Cause you're, and even, I don't know. I'm really just like rambling away. No, I mean, this is like, (laughs) how often do people actually talk about this shit? Yeah. And how fucking important is it? It is. It's like, it's essential. It's like, I feel like there's so many people that walk around that are miserable. They don't even like ask themselves (laughs) why, you know? Yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm still miserable a lot of the time, but at least, you know, I'm trying to fucking work on it, you know? Exactly, man. Um, yeah, it's weird. Like I haven't, I haven't had like a religious kind of spiritual talk in a while. And then mm-hmm. like last night, I had like a, I was at a thing and like I met this guy who was like a minister or something at like a Unitarian church, and he was yeah. like trying to like evangelize me, which was weird because I I didn't <laughs> think that like Unitarians did that. He's yeah. like a really like nice guy though, and like obviously he had like the right intentions, mm-hmm. but it was just like. It was that, and then, like, today, and now we're having all these talks about shit that just, like... And I was thinking about this in the shower this morning. I was like, I'm man, I'm, like, I, I need to think about this shit more. Like, this is important yeah. stuff, you know? This is, like, essential. And it's frightening, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, it, to me, it goes hand-in-hand hand with, like, all this stuff that we're talking about. Because, like, whether it's substances or... I mean, there's so many ways you can use like your day-to-day experience to escape and to run and to avoid feeling things right. even if it's just fucking checking facebook on your phone yeah you know what i'm saying absolutely. like and it's it's really vulnerable and scary to just like 
feel things you know what i'm saying to like yeah. really just sit there and feel things you know yeah and um, i like what you you were quoting earlier the priests you know it's like what are, what are you dealing with the, the human condition you know <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying because like everybody has to reconcile their fear of death you know what i'm saying like right. everybody is gonna like lose every single person that they love is gonna <sighs> yeah. be taken from them at some point <laughs> you know Fuck, what i'm saying yeah. and there's just so many like just fundamental aspects to reality when did you figure that out <laughs> that everyone is gonna die yeah yeah um well it's there's i mean there's the intellectual understanding of that and then there's like the like your heart really digesting that yeah and i don't think my heart has fully really digested that mm. but i remember i was reading some like intro to buddhist philosophy book in high school and um this guy noah levine or levine was just saying like even like happily ever after, like one of the people in that couple it dies before the other one dies. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, isn't that like a Louis? That's C. a K. Louis C.K. bit, dude. Yeah. And literally, he was on Conan O'Brien last week talking about this bit of texting and driving as mm. as a way to avoid feeling sad. And he yeah, was just yeah, like, I "That's what that. that fucking impulse is." Right. Right. And then he pulls over and and just fucking cries his eyes out you know what i'm saying yeah and that's such a beautiful idea because to me it's like that is such a perfect parable for so much of what i do with my life you know what i'm saying whether it's having a conversation with myself fantasizing about something going right or wrong listening to a podcast like there's so many ways you it's just avoiding the present moment and avoiding what's right. really happening you know right which is like dope and stuff like that and sometimes can be really relaxing and but it can also be like pretty sobering and terrifying you know what i'm saying yeah. there's a lot of times in my mind where i'm like i don't want to be right here right yeah now. you know what i'm saying but i found it like i guess helpful in the long term you know i remember i had this teacher in high school who gave us homework for a week that was i want you to spend an hour tonight and just sit and do nothing and just sit and be alone with your thoughts and it, it, he was like, and then we're going to come in tomorrow and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. It was fucking heavy shit. This was like, this guy killed it. One of my favorite yeah, high school that's teachers for awesome. sure. But yeah, it was like preparation for <laughs> meditation for sure. Yeah. Dude, and like the thing that we were talking about earlier, just about like, um, I don't know, like being good at meditating or being bad at meditating. Like if you're truly present all the time, like sometimes I'll listen to like spiritual teachers talk about like, there's this idea that, you know, once you get past a certain point, like, it just becomes easy. You right, know what the I'm destination. Saying? Yeah. Or, or just like, oh, like, you're a monk. Like, you, you, meditating's like your favorite thing to do ever. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't get it. It's really hard for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And just the idea that it's like, no. Like, if you're, like, there's the, it doesn't ever get to a point where it's not going to be take discipline sometimes or whatever you know what yeah. i'm saying and that's good to remember yeah yeah uh, it's, it's it's a comforting thing to remember all the time. <laughs> yeah you know and to keep that beginner sort of mindset you mm. know um because sometimes yeah i'm just like god i'm so i suck at this you know what i'm saying yeah i've tried to like embrace that in more things in my life recently and it's like really like humbling which kind of sucks when you've got like a big ego. Yeah. But like, damn, like I, I wish I approached more things like that. Cause it just seems yeah. like that's totally so man. one of those like key wisdom things, you know? Yeah. And there are other things that I'm like, my ego isn't attached to that. I'm totally fine with not being very good at, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I went to play baseball with some people the other day 
I was really average at it. You know what mm. I'm saying? Yeah. And there were little parts of my mind that were like, oh, I really want to hit a big hit right now. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Like, oh, I wish I made that catch or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, like I haven't really spent too much time thinking about that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. when it comes to things that my identity is really associated with, like playing the bass or something like yeah. that, I'm just like, fuck, I need to be the best at this ever. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah, Dude, it yeah. is a function of ego. You know what I'm saying? And it is right. a way to avoid like, oh, at the end of the day, like if I had this identity of being the best, would it change my relationship to like doing the thing? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's so easy to just get caught up in wanting to be competitive at everything. Like, yeah. I found myself, like, going out bowling with my friends and being like, I'm going to fucking smoke these guys. And, like, not <laughs> not in, like, a friendly, like, com- competitive way. Like, like I do attach, attach my ego to that for some dumb oh, yeah. reason. No, me fucking too, man. Um, But what was – there was something that you said that I was like, that really hit me. Oh, Fuck disappearing into the ether um oh just about being like the best in music that kind of comp- competition because oh, yeah. that oh man that was like my least favorite part of music school and it took me a long time to realize Ooh. it wasn't music school it was fucking me the whole fucking time oh. um it's but, such a natural human thing like but i think don't, that's everybody i i'm i'm, I'm curious because this is something i still haven't figured out yet like do you like what happens like if you are like okay this is who i am like do you lose that drive to get better like <laughs> yeah I, I fucking worry about that because like like if i let go of my ego am i gonna like not follow any of my dreams or yeah, like yeah exactly yeah or stop stop improving right yeah like that's Probably not a legitimate concern, but it feels like it. I feel you. I, I asked that at, at this meditation class to this guy. Like, is it like, is it healthy to like maintain ambitions? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, if we're right. if we're really trying to love the current versions of ourselves and be present and stuff mm. like that, like, where does planning fit in? What was the does... answer? I don't remember. I just I remember being bummed at the answer. <laughs> yeah, I bet because I bet he was like, yeah, give let up that shit on go. everything. Yeah, become a fucking monk and yeah. just hang out with us. No, this guy's cool. He has like kids and stuff yeah. like that, and and uh. is very like engaged in the in the world. Um, no, I was, I was just no, joking. I mean, I haven't. No, I but I feel you because sometimes <laughs> you do get those type of answers yeah. where it's like, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I really, really want to believe that there's like a way for me to like be a part of society, you know what I'm saying? And like part of me thinks that like that idea is bullshit a little bit that you have mm-hmm. to go to a mountaintop and and be removed from everything in order to experience truth, you know? Right. And like I like cuz cuz it's it's that same thing you were talking about earlier. It's just like, well, if everybody did that, then <laughs> there'd be no well, and I don't know. Buildings I mean, or like, I feel like maybe it's like and and this is like that going back to that Louis CK thing. It's like, well, what's the point there? It's to live the best life that you can. In in Buddhism, I'm saying. Yeah. You know, they want to be feeling joy as much as possible. Isn't there something good about feeling sad every now and then? Yeah. Isn't that shouldn't that be part of life? Like what religion really tells people yeah, embrace that sadness. That shit's great. Like, yeah. I don't know. I th- I don't know. I think... Um, and I think there's a fine line between that and masochism, like we were talking about absolutely. earlier. But, like, how do you balance those two yeah. opposing forces? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's interesting. And, it's, and for me, just, like... And I sometimes I just, like, associate 
just any kind of personal truth that I come across to like, oh, Buddhism, just because I like, it's, it's all a such lens. a blur, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To like different podcasts I'm listening to or conversations sure. I'm having with people, but like I used to like identify like a lot with my sadness, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like that's where the, the indulgence creeps in, yeah, you know, when it's like, totally. oh, sadness is a fundamental part of my personality as opposed to happiness or something like that. Right. And just the idea of non-attachment, you know, and the idea of not identifying with any of your emotions, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And trying to let them all just like come and go, you know what I'm saying? As they do, as they would, you know what I'm saying? Well, (laughs) yeah, dude, you are preaching to the choir right now because I identify with that so strongly as a songwriter. It's so hard not to. Yeah. I mean, that's like the whole fucking like wanting to join the 27 club thing, you know, it's like. I feel like if I want to be as good as the people that I look up to, I have to fucking suffer a lot. Yeah. And it's like I would rather suffer a lot than be happy. And isn't that kind of fucked up? Because I think that suffering is going to bring me happiness, right? Because isn't the reason that I want to be like these guys because I think that that's going to make me happy? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, I know it's, like, a fallacy. You know, logically, it doesn't add up. And yet, like, you can't let it go. Yeah. I think I, I think there is I think it is tricky because we see so many of these tortured people that make this brilliant art, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And like I just don't think that that is true, you know what I'm saying? Like I, hope I think it's not. Yeah, exa- even if it is, like I'm going to naively continue on believing that it's not or uh, yeah. at least aspire to, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because there's part of me that, like, really likes to just, like, lean into my darkness. And I'm like, am I indulging? Like, am I making this pain greater than it is by, like, giving it all this weight? You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? But, like, I really do think that, like, you can be, (laughs) like, a well-adjusted person and still be in tune with all that stuff and, like, be inspired. You know what I'm saying? And that... Totally. Well, and it's it's almost like there are two different types of musicians. There's, like, the tortured artist... (laughs) And then there's, like, Paul McCartney, Stevie Wonder, the people that are just clearly so stoked to be doing what they're doing that it almost pisses you off. Yeah. You know? And, like, I've tried to be, like, more open-minded to wanting to be, you know, in yeah. Group B rather than Group A for I don't know if it's, like, a dichotomy, though. I, you maybe know I I'm just, saying? you know, I'm drawn to these double-bind scenarios. Oh, but... everybody is. I have two all the time, but I'm just, yeah. like, I'm trying to think of, like, a way where it's, like, because just like sad music in general, you know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of people will just like categorize it as sad music, you know? <laughs> and it's like, it's like a genre. It's yeah. like a genre. And it's like, no, 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 this is like practical, you know, because mm. there, there's a fine line between indulgent and yeah. like, well, I'm working through something here, you know what I'm saying? Or this makes right. me feel comfort, comforted or understood or something like that. Right. Well, and I think it's, it's interesting. Like, I mean, I know your music and like, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't call it sad music, and yet I could totally see why people would. And so many people do, man. Yeah. And, it, like, more often than not, people do. It makes me laugh <laughs> in, like, a, the best way, which Thanks, I, that's, man. like, that's what I want music to do is make me laugh at the human condition. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think some people just have a different response to that. It's the same people that are saying that Louis C.K. is sad. Yeah. You know? It's like... It's like, I just think he's, like... He's saying some inconvenient truths <laughs> yeah about the way life is because yeah. he's genuinely trying to figure it out right you know what i'm saying right and he's grappling think, yeah and i think there's a lot of stuff that people like, that misnomer as sad that are just like 
kind of knee deep in difficult <laughs> emotions or ideas because they're right. trying to get to some something, you know, yeah. I don't know. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Oh man. But the retreat, like there was also, I expected it in a, in a, in a way to be this perfect oasis. Um, but like there was, I had a lot of like lonely experiences on that retreat, you know? And I had mm-hmm. like a lot of, um, experiences where like I'd be going to sit, I'd get my food I'd, and then it'd be like a high school cafeteria. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, those are the cool kids. I want to sit with them, but I'm too yeah. anxious to oh, I'm go yeah. sit over here by myself. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, there's still all of these. It's all there. It's all there, too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And um, I think that that was part of it. You know, I'm just like, oh, like, oh yeah, there's still people here. Like, I'm still going to experience anxiety right. and loneliness and darkness and sexuality so, so, and all yeah. of these oh, things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally and 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 that that's that's just as holy as any of it you know what i'm saying and not mm. that it's just like oh this is a place where i forget about all of that stuff and i yeah you know pray <laughs> yeah you know yeah that maybe uh you know the human condition can uh be sublime <laughs> yeah yeah but to to me like all this stuff we've been talking about like therapy music meditating relationships like it's all branches of the same kind of like trying to trying to trying to figure it out yeah <laughs> you know and i don't know it's cool yeah. talking to people that are also trying to figure it out yeah likewise and something that i've been thinking about recently is like i'm I'm very attached to my identity of being the guy that's trying to figure it the out searcher yeah do yeah. you ever get that uh sometimes i you know i feel like I go through different identities based on yeah. Like if I'm if I'm in a room with a bunch of searchers, I don't, I want to find something else to be. I feel like uh, there's this enneagram thing. Have you ever heard of enneagrams? No, I don't know what that it's is. It's kind of it's like a one of those another one of those new agey things, but it's like a personality type thing. Okay. And anyways, like I took one of those tests at, randomly at some point. And it was like, oh, you're the individualist. And, like, it basically says nothing other than, like, I'm trying to be different. And it's like, okay. Yeah. It's like fucking, like, the hipster personality type. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I do get the idea of, like, trying to be a searcher a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's, Uh, like, obviously that's that's cool and stuff like that. But it's funny because sometimes, I don't know, like, there's a group of friends of mine that have been getting really into meditation and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, just, like, completely separately. You know mm. what I'm saying? And well, I'm like yeah. not invited to their little meditation parties. Ah. And there's this little part of my ego that's like, fuck you guys. I'm the spiritual oh. guy. <laughs> you you know what I'm saying? Like, that's my thing. <laughs> I'm the go- Exactly. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Yeah, You know what I'm funny. saying? And it's a really low part of my ego. It's not something that I'm like actively But you're aware of think- it, which, you yeah. know, that, that means that it's not... <laughs> overpowering but, you right know? but it's a funny little voice in my yeah. head that's like i was the spirit that was my thing you know it was the same thing when my mom started like getting into mm. spirituality and stuff like that and like or you know j- yeah just like in a lot of ways because a lot of that practice is like developing a healthier relationship to your ego and mm-hmm. kind of like deconstructing it yeah but sometimes you can fall into the trap of just like putting your ego in a new outfit you know what i'm totally. saying and just like oh i'm I'm the buddhist guy yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying and yeah. like the moment that that got threatened i felt this this fear in me that's just like no no no, no what <laughs> like, you know what i'm saying totally as opposed to like oh my god cool i was like, some we're... friends of mine are like into something that they find helpful amazing like, right <laughs> that's really cool you know? right yeah can totally. i come maybe i could learn something from you guys you know right. what i'm saying which is like 
my rational conclusion at the end of all of it, but there's definitely that like really low part of me that's like, fuck you guys. Yeah, that was, that was my <laughs> shtick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Where are you now with um, your relationship to therapy? Um, just after um, we were kind of going through the timeline there. Well, I've had I've had some cool conversations with people that have been in therapy for longer than I have, yeah. which gave me some hope, I guess, in that it just changes the kind of things that you're working on, that they become more uh-huh. day-to-day and less big-picture shit. Like, it's taken me a long time to deal with some of the relationships that I had in high school, for instance. Yeah. But, like, I talked to that girl that I referenced earlier for, like, the first time in years, like, a couple months ago, and that felt like a big breakthrough. You know, I feel really different about, like, this time going into sobriety because I feel like I'm motivated by different things than I have been in the past. Um, I don't know if I want to be in therapy the rest of my life, but it also doesn't scare me to think that maybe i would be yeah other than like it's expensive this is these are the exact things that i've been thinking about recently yeah i mean like i don't know if anybody should aspire to be woody allen but you know i mean that guy's been in therapy for 40 years or something like all of his art deals with it yeah um i mean i don't i I can't pass judgment on his personal life i don't know what actually happened but right um (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I wish there were more people that talked openly about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, cuz that's maybe one of the reasons that I would want to be out of it. Other than that, it seems like it's a really good thing in my life. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um it's definitely made me a happier person. I think it's allowed me to let go of my ego on some things. I know there's a lot of shit to work on, but isn't that fucking life? Isn't that yeah. what we're talking about? Exactly. Um yeah, and I feel like the guy that I work with, uh, you know, he's very into the spiritual stuff. He, like, does yeah. meditation with his patients a lot of the time, like, guides meditation. I haven't done that with him personally, but, yeah. like, maybe it's something I should experiment with. Yeah. Oh, we were talking about songs earlier, bringing yeah, songs bringing in. Yeah, bringing songs in, yeah. What's that? What prompted that and what? Um. Well, I mentioned that I was putting out the, the Dale record. Yeah. And I reference... Sometimes, I don't know, because, like, some, sometimes I feel like it takes me some time to, like, process things. Like, I'm a processing person, you know? And so, yeah. like, if if I process something and it comes out in the form of a song, like, without trying to be pretentious, I'll, I'll like, find myself wanting to quote that because I feel like it came out the way I wanted to state it there. Totally. And, like, in, in your songs, like, you're you're trying to figure it out the same way you are in life you know what I mean? yeah so why wouldn't you use this shorthand of like oh like i i thought about this and i <laughs> and i tried and this to express how I it, said it in yeah. poetry yeah you know what i'm saying yeah i find that impulse a lot but then i'm like oh my like is this is that weird is that yeah. narcissistic or? i try to avoid it but then in therapy it's like i feel like he's not gonna judge me for doing something pretentious exactly yeah pretentious being, it's weird writing yeah. songs because you you put your ideas and your thoughts and your feelings and experiences in them and then it's like when they come up in conversation it's like oh if i use that turn of phrase people are gonna think that i'm quoting myself dude yeah I, I, well and that especially happened with fuck up i i used to be yeah. like ah oh, 
fuck, I fucked that up. And then people are like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, uh. Yeah. So I like, I had a, I, I like consciously had to like take that out of my vocabulary. Oh man, yeah. I have um, a song where it's like every line in the verse is just like, I want to get to a place where. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just like, I say that all the fucking time. Yeah, and that, yeah, now yeah, I can't yeah. say it. It sounds like I'm like quoting, <laughs> quoting myself. Yourself, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I have, I have to find like other ways where like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get better at this you know what yeah. i'm saying and it's just it's just a weird little quirk that i haven't been able to talk to anybody about yeah ever. no well <laughs> here we are um, yeah man yeah well i mean i would say like bringing the songs in for therapy is like doing dream analysis yeah um in that there's a lot of stuff that comes out like i guess the best example in my mind is uh the song i'm going to be putting out called Dear Abby that mm. is about a person on the surface, but really it's not about a person at all. And it took me a long time to figure out that it just has zero to do with like a person all about yeah. like my romanticization of like this concept of what I think things are and justifying to myself that I have to write songs obsessively about somebody in order to ex- understand myself and that when I turn somebody into a muse, it's not about them as much as it's about me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did not get that song until I brought it in. And there was just something I don't even remember. I think it was because like, I was going through old songs um, at a point with uh, the, those guys from Find. You know Brandon and Luke? I don't really know them. I've met Brandon once, okay. but I know of the band. Yeah, they're like, good dudes, and they're good producers, and they did yeah. the track with me. Nice. And um, They seem like good dudes. Yeah. Their stuff sounds really fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. So they're, like, and, and I had kind of, like, written that one off, you know? It was just kind of, like, sitting in, like, a bin yeah. of songs. And I, like, when I met up with them the first time, I had, like, 16 songs, and I was like, oh, all right, let's see if any of these resonate. Yeah. And I could start to get a kind of feel for, like, the things that they were going after f- for a while. It's like, okay, they, they like stuff that's progressive they like stuff yeah. that is a little bit neurotic i was like okay like this has some time yeah. signature changes weird chords and like very neurotic like totally let's see what they think that's, that's what their stuff is like too right but there's also this great pop sensibility about it as well right you exactly know? exactly and then they resonated towards that song yeah which i had totally kind of brushed to the side and then I, it was like okay like if I'm going to record this song, I should try to like understand it. Right. Yeah. And so I like brought it in and then all of a sudden, like all this stuff comes out of it. And that actually prompted me opening up to Maddie, the first girl I dated yeah, the, who I hadn't talked to in years and dealing with some shit there. Yeah. So I want to talk to you about that just cause like <laughs> this is something and I don't mean not specific, yeah. but just like for me, no, I mean we could get, as specific as you want. I already said her name. We're going to do a live Maddie. call. We're going to call Maddie right now. <laughs> Maddie, Maddie's on the line. Hey, Maddie. Yeah. Um, no, but just for me, like with ex-girlfriends and stuff like that, like I, for years, I, w- I was very much trying to like maintain really active relationships with people, Ooh, with yeah. exes, you know, because I had this idea that if we were on really good terms then there wouldn't be any tension out there. Sure. And like, there, you know, you're probably right. I mean, it's probably better. Right. But I think it could, for me, at least it was unhealthy. Okay. And I was kind of like, sure. This idea of closure or this idea of like, Oh, we're really good friends now. So everything in the relationship was fine. You know what See, I'm saying? I felt like I lost 
opportunities for closure by cutting off communication. Mm. Um, I mean, the that instance is weird because we saw each other a lot, and yeah. it was like an open secret that like all the songs that I wrote were about her. Yeah. Um, so like, Oh, and two of the guys in my band like ended up dating her afterwards, which was super weird. Oh, um, Oh, and here's the fucked up shit that I've, I didn't mention earlier. So like a year and a half after all this breakup happens, she like, like we meeting we're meeting up cuz i have the idea oh like i haven't talked to this girl i've written all these angry songs about her like but i'm moving on in my life so yeah. might as well like try to fucking up fucking open up some conversation right like just be like hey we're both good we can be friends now right yeah um and we meet up for coffee or whatever and she's like you know there will always be a part of me that will love you i'm like what the fuck <laughs> Yeah, so it was like I've had that copy date too many yeah, times. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was just it was the last thing I would have wanted to hear. <laughs> and this is like I haven't talked to this girl really in like a year and a half. The last thing that she said was, "Yeah, I don't think I ever loved you." And uh... now it's fucking. So yeah, that was really upsetting. And I wrote a ton more songs after that about that whole thing. Yeah. Um. That's what uh, Poison Cake's about, just mm. dropping the specific. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, so yeah. that was, I just didn't want to talk to her after that. And then I dated another girl, and it was like, stopped writing songs about her for a while. Wait, how long had you not seen that girl before you guys had had that conversation? Well, we saw each other all the time. Okay. But, like, we didn't talk. We, yeah. like, have classes together. I, jo- I like, learned... Um, baritone horn and the tuba because she was in the marching band and i wanted i wanted to i thought i was going to be torturing her if i learned some instruments so that i could just be in the marching band and have to see her all the time it was probably because i just hadn't let go of like the possibility that maybe something would change or something yeah i don't really know it was very childish of me to do that but yeah no no i'm not saying yes like but no it was (laughs) you're allowed to agree with me no, I'm just I just in my own life I'm I'm wrestling with these this idea of space and closure and like what like after you break up with somebody like yeah do you need space is like is because I feel like I'm getting very different answers from the people I kind of talk to about it. Just, well, I just I, like, I should not be giving out advice. No, I'm not asking you like oh you're the authority on this yeah. now, and I'm not trying to make you that at all. Yeah. But just in your own experience, do you feel like? space can be good or do you do you like um, do you like including i don't think i've ever gotten over any of the people that i had like breakups like that with before like my junior year like mm-hmm. every every one of those fucked me up in one way or another yeah like even shit that really shouldn't have like there was a girl that i like Saw we weren't even like boyfriend or girlfriend or anything. It was just like one of those like friends yeah. kind of situations that uh, she like ghosted me or whatever, and I wrote about her for like a year. What does ghosted mean? Like she just cut off all communication as a way of breaking up. 
Oh, like just, just out of nowhere. Yeah, just like oh. stopped responding to texts or whatever. Yeah, and this is like somebody that like I had to see a lot of afterwards. So it was right. It was not cool, but like the way I reacted to it was way shitty. Yeah, but I got a lot of good music out of it. But totally, you know, that's I. I was very sensitive to that because I had had previous. Uh, shitty things and i was just like well yeah. fuck everything's shitty you know um yeah man and then i had like one really good relationship uh during my senior year that i thought ended on good terms but even that's still kind of awkward yeah um you know i don't so i don't fucking know man i don't fucking know either man i've had girlfriends where it's like I really think it's unhealthy for me to be in your life and for you to be in my life right now, you mm-hmm. know? And I've had relationships where it's like I felt this pressure to maintain a friendship, you know what I'm saying, as a way mm-hmm. of almost validating the past or like or you know, and or just like like I don't know. I I, I like but then I've had conversations with with people that I've, you know, been in love with and 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 it's been a while and we sit down and it's this really interesting cool insight into like oh my god here's this person that knew me really into me intimately at one point in my life and that sees me in a certain way and it's like yeah i can walk away from those conversations sometimes with like really interesting insights mm, you know yeah, that makes sense and i mean i think i have this like romantic romanticized version of a relationship with an ex-girlfriend in my mind and sometimes it'll keep me in harm's way a lot of times you know what i'm saying i'll be searching for closure i'll be searching for that insightful we have coffee in five years and whatever you know we're talking about remember the time and like oh i guess i'm still this way blah 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 blah, blah fucking blah yeah you know and Yo, i think a lot I- of times i force myself to like stay in somebody's life when i just haven't processed the pain of the breakup yet and it ends up just causing more pain sometimes yeah i mean you know it's a cliche but time heals all wounds right yeah you know um but then sometimes i'm like oh but am i just abandoning a person that i used to care about a lot (laughs) yeah i don't know i was talking to this friend actually from ohio over the weekend that was just visiting and he's been on and off again with this girl for like four years and he was like i don't know if i can walk away at this point not because i no don't know that it's the best thing for me but it's just like what does that even look like yeah you know and i want to be there for her as a friend and he was sharing that she had had some really traumatic experiences that had caused them to kind of get back together just because she didn't think she had anybody else who was like a friend in her life to process it and he felt like obligated to be like a friend and then of course it evolved and then it got more fucked up and yeah and there's just the potential. For, I don't know. And I, it's obviously case by case. And there's not like every time you break up with someone, don't talk to them ever. Yeah. <laughs> for one year. And then get coffee with them every six months. Yeah. Mark your calendar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I feel like, like I've just I've talked to a couple different people about this. And some people have just like very different opinions about it. Yeah. You know? And I'm just <laughs> I don't know what to do. Can we hold this thought for a second just because i like chugged this yeah smart water but i like i like this train of thought i'm not ready to just end it
That's like, always so terrifying. This happens a lot on, on this podcast where... You just get in a groove. Of, you get in a groove, and I have to pee so fucking bad. <laughs> and I'm, like, waiting for a break in the conversation. And right. I feel so bad because the person can kind of tell, you know? And oh, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm glad that, yeah, that that's... Uh, oh, no, I'm glad you felt comfortable enough to ask and you weren't sitting. I don't know how long you were sitting there dying having to pee. Probably, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> oh! <laughs> no. Jesus Christ, No, man. it wasn't that long. But, uh, no, I, you know, I was... There, I, I, I realized eventually there wasn't going to be like a point where I was like, ah, shit's kind of boring now. <laughs> so I was okay, like, oh, I'll fucking interrupt it while I'm we're flattered. talking about good yeah. shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm curious. Like, what what is this like ideal breakup look like? I, like is, you were saying, like yeah. like that you guys just get back together for coffee. Like, do you know people that have had that breakup? <laughs> Um, or is it from like when Harry met Sally or whatever? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know this romantic where this image comes from. Yeah, there's this comedian Duncan Trussell who has a podcast. I don't know. Him. He's one of my favorite podcasters okay. and comedians, and he just talks about like, yeah, what the fuck? Like every breakup is messy as shit. Like yeah. there's this idea that you guys are gonna have like like some candlelit dinner, like <laughs> while like a string quartet plays, exchange roses and then skip in opposite directions <laughs> and be like, goodbye. <laughs> you know, and I've always thought that that image is so funny. That is, yeah. That you is, know, that's great. And just the idea that it's not going to be horribly painful. Like, right. You know, is, yeah. is interesting. Um, and that there's no like, Oh, like we, yeah, we really nailed that breakup. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, um, well that's, I mean, for me, like that's what, has kept me from dating more is how fucking bad some of the breakups have been in yeah. my my life it's almost seemed like they've outweighed the good of the relationship which is probably not true Ooh. but i feel that man but man it's like it sure feels that way sometimes yeah it's like those memories are almost way louder than some of the some of the good ones well and here's what's really interesting is when i talk to Maddie, my first girlfriend. Yeah. We somehow like took that trip down memory lane and she remembered a lot of good things that I had totally wiped. Yeah. From my memory that I like when she said it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I haven't thought about that since before we broke up. Yeah. That she said, yeah, that was like one of the best memories of my high school experience. I was like, yeah, I don't remember that at all because I all I could think about with you was just terrible shit yeah but like maybe that's part of the fantasy is like re-mythologizing the past or something like that you know and yeah re- reframing things and and uh i don't know like when we're in the business of quoting others uh camu wrote uh we always deceive ourselves twice about the people we love first to their advantage then to their disadvantage well, which I'm gonna, I feel I'm going to need that one more time. Yeah. So I'm might Who's not this guy? Camus, Albert Camus, the uh, French uh, absurdist. Um, or I guess he wasn't f- French. I've what was he? Um, he wrote The Strangers is like big oh, okay. thing. Is yeah. Camus, is that how you say the last name? Is there an S at the end of it? Yeah. And you don't say it? Yeah. OK. Yeah. I think I think that's it. OK. Um, funny. I lent that book to somebody the other day and I haven't read it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Not it's, it's good. I don't I think that one's from that particular book. I think. And what's the quote again? We always deceive ourselves twice about the people we love. First to their advantage, then to their disadvantage. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I guess the fantasy is trying to add a third one back to their advantage again. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and and can you ever see somebody that you've loved for who they really are? Unless you're spending your whole life with them, mm. I don't think you can. Because I I feel like otherwise the relationship wouldn't end. When I look at like my my parents' relationship, the thing yeah. that baffles me the most is they like really know each other's flaws in and out. And like they, they don't yeah. seem like they romanticize each other at all. Mm-hmm. And like I don't understand how that represents the love that I see portrayed in like movies or books or anything yeah. like that. You know, it just seems like an honest accounting of who that person is and will become and and isn't anymore. Right? You know what I'm saying because like you're changing all the time. You know? Right. But it seems like you know the second that you either turn somebody into more than they are or less than they are, that relationship is doomed. Yeah. Which it's <laughs> like how do you how do you ever go back to like seeing them honestly again after that? I don't I don't fucking know. You're saying once you've placed someone in this space of either romanticizing them or demonizing them, it's yeah. hard to kind of chip away at either of those constructions sure. and get back to what the real deal is. Sure. Yeah, and I mean like I've definitely tried to do that in therapy with with these girls <laughs> it's like okay yeah. like yeah they did this because they were going through stuff you know like that's what i'm saying like is that conversation that i'm looking for with that expert like maybe it's just more appropriate to do that kind of work in therapy as opposed to with the person <laughs> maybe i mean i don't know i mean like when i talked to maddie it was like really good um but then, like, she, like, wanted to keep, like, talking after that. And I was like, well, yeah. where is this going? Like, are we just going to be, like, friends? Because I, yeah. I don't know what that means, really, at this point. Like, yeah. Did you get closure from that conversation? Like, were you yes happy that no. you had that conversation? I think she, she said some shit that sounded like she did not. She was – so, first of all, she was – she told me that she had also dealt with that relationship a lot in therapy. Yeah. Uh, which was weird. Um, but made a lot of sense considering how it went. Yeah. Uh, and then she said once again that she felt like every other guy that she had dated somehow reflected what that relationship was. Like she also she saw it through that lens, which is how I felt. Yeah. Um you know, and totally. She she seemed to think that we had this weird cosmic connection because she had had like a dream about me the night before I reached out to her mm-hmm. and that there was a lot of stuff like that. She knew like which songs I had written that were about her and there've been a lot. So, and a lot of them I haven't like made super obvious. She was able to pinpoint the she, ones. She knew she, and she'd been like following me, you know, not like a stalker, I guess, but it was weird, you yeah. know? And like, um, it was kind of eerie. I mean, we we did it all over text, which is really kind of fucked. But like, it was great because I saved the entire conversation. I printed it out and I annotated it for my therapist, yeah. which is kind of obsessive. I know, but I, I can do you one better. Right? <laughs> one all right, time. I'm ready. <laughs> one time, this is a crazy story that I that I probably won't tell the whole story right now, um, okay? Because it would take us another a couple hours I think to unpack mm-hmm. but basically in high school I dated this 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 woman who's a lot older than I was um 
And uh, like a kind of a couple of years after everything kind of went down and they were like, I don't know. It was, it was obviously complicated. Um, yeah. I was like 16 at the time. Okay. And, um, but at one point in order in this search for closure, you know what I'm saying? I, I printed out all of our texts mm. ever, <laughs> every, everything. And I, and I like went to her house to kind of return some stuff that she had and that she'd given me and like went through the texts with her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is in retrospect, so obsessive and controlling and huh. in this weird way to, 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 cause I needed to show her. And yeah. We're both here fucking talking <laughs> about this shit, <laughs> you know, like yeah. how, how weird is it really? And, and the, the people that probably haven't had those experiences, I have to imagine that they just feel an emptiness that they don't know how to label. <laughs> maybe maybe that's my ego talking, but I don't know. I think there's something really fucking human about that. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in trying to understand yourself through whatever the relationship is, you know? Yeah. Um, so what were in those texts? Like... If you don't mind me asking. I can't even remember, man. I, I, I remember driving to her house with a lot of anger and a lot of shit to say. Right. <laughs> and yeah. then seeing her and then all of that really kind of evaporating so quickly. And because um, it's so easy to be angry about somebody. And that's like yeah. almost one of the stages of a breakup. You know, yeah. Like, oh, man. Yeah. And so, and so I needed this. Because she was a lot older than I was, there was this. There was obviously these elements of like, "What were you doing?" <laughs> you know, I was so young, and I was still so young. Like, I think I was like seventeen when I, went, you know, and I was like, "Hey, now that I've grown, we can talk about the past." <laughs> um, it, it, it was it was just I think it was just me pointing at things where I was just like, "Why would you say that?" Yeah, you know. Because that led to this, which led to this pain that I have now. Yeah. And I, I kind of wanted to crucify her a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I, and the thing is, like, she was, she felt so horrible. And one of the things that she said was, like, if if anybody, like, hurt you the way that I hurt you, I would, like, want to set that person on fire, you know? And she's like, I, I, I have to reconcile that that person is me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that... I was expecting to have this like litigation or something like that, you know, and all I saw was her attempting to give me what she thought I needed at that time, which was like, I need to hear this person out because he feels hurt and he needs, he needs to be heard. And so she was trying to sit there and just be like, yeah, uh uh-huh. And I just felt like I was just kind of just like beating her up or something like that you know yeah. so I, I had this whole grand speech planned and i was just like i had to stop i was just like this person feels so horrible like what am i doing at this point you know what i'm saying do i just want this person to feel bad you know and i had this like scarf that she had knitted me you figured that out when you were 17 <laughs> <laughs> it will you know she was 27 you know and i'm still figuring this out you know but, I but mean, still, like, that was – I did not deal with that kind of shit that maturely when I was that age. Well, it was a very direct situation. Like, I think this – it happens a lot more insidiously with, with a lot more layers of removal. You know what I'm saying? But this yeah. was like a situation – this was like very direct. This person sitting right across from me. It was just like, all I want is this person to feel pain because I feel pain. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I was just like, 
same same with the, uh, like the practicality yeah. of religion thing. It's just like okay, well, how do I like I want to heal? You know what I'm saying? I want to deal with this stuff, and, and mm-hmm. I, like I don't necessarily this isn't making me feel good as I thought it was going to. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, God, man. I mean, that hits me really hard because I feel like in a way. Like, I had to deal in therapy with, like, the fact that, like, most of my music was derived from anger. Yeah. I'm like, when I look at, like, Dale as, like, what Dale was, it was the brand personification of anger. You know, our, we were just, it was like, how, like, especially the second record was like, how much screaming can we just fit into it? You know, there's a song literally called Hate You, you know? I'm like, it was just like... At a certain point, it just became so much. Like everything I wrote was so angry. There's so much. There's so much tenderness to those albums, though. <sighs> Man, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if I feel that right now. Yeah, I totally hear what you're saying, but like, to me, like the thing with your music, and obviously you have a much more comprehensive relationship with your music. But just as someone who who like listens to your stuff, like, sure. and especially your solo stuff too, like. Well, but I, I think but I that's mean, just talking about different stuff. Yeah, just talking about the Dale stuff. Like there, there is this undercurrent of, of sweetness and tenderness about it that mm. it, it just all comes across as honest. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's not like, I'm glad it comes across that way. It doesn't. It didn't come across. And maybe it's just because like I am angry as well or something. Mm. But it didn't come across to me any of it as just like this is like really just like let's focus on anger as always oh, a gimmick or something. Yeah, I guess they're just. Those three songs, Bitch, Tapeworm, and Hate You. Yeah. I really, you know, looking back on it, it's like, that was a little much to put all three of those on the same album. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And they're about different people, but it, yeah. they're just all angry. They're just so angry. But that you're, you're making it sound like that's a really, like, one-dimensional thing, like a, like a shallow one-dimensional thing, when I think within each of those specific angers is, like, a lot of depth and a lot of insight, you know what I'm saying? Yes, like, I don't know. There, well, the, I don't mean to be, like, contradicting no, you. No, well, I'm trying to figure this out for myself, because um, I feel the same way about that song, Ashamed, the one that Ren does. Do you know that one? Can you hear me? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because that one was about the same person as Hate You. Okay. And it was another one of those that I I just wanted the person to just feel like a shitty person. Yeah. And, you know, it's – I look at that chorus, and the original second verse had some shit in it, which we took out um, that – Nobody would have really gotten except for me and her anyways. I wrote a lot of shit about her yeah. that was definitely intended to only cut her. Yeah. You know, shit that like, uh, Ooh. yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, and I always got totally. off on that because I thought that was like me Elvis too. Costello's thing, Oh, yeah. You know? Sometimes I would send the songs to the girls. You know what I'm mm, saying? Yeah. That, and just, it's fucking weird. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? See, I, I, I used to get off on that a lot, and then I realized that yeah, it was better if the girls found it themselves because I knew they would after a certain point. Yeah. And uh, it, where it's just like, yeah, I, I feel the same way. And it, there's, yeah, I just understand that. Yeah. That feeling of getting off on like, that, that line's about you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which makes you feel really clever and powerful in the moment. Exactly. Um, and it's, I think it's like, you know, we were talking about these, this addictive kind of personality, you know, it's, it's about having power over, yeah. over a situation, you know? 
And I think I got really addicted to writing angry songs. Yeah. And because it's like I'm the protagonist, I'm the hero. Like, yeah. Fuck yeah. You know, and like I look back at all the songs I wrote, especially during my sophomore and junior year of college. And like, I'm proud of the fact that I wrote a shitload of songs. Yeah. But I'm also kind of embarrassed about the percentage of those songs that was just pure anger there was it was mostly just anger Mm -hmm. and it was it became very formulaic um you know it was just how 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 hard can i make this this for the other person and i haven't talked to victoria my second ex who i wrote a lot of that stuff about and then there's another girl that will remain nameless that I wrote a bunch of shit about that really didn't deserve in it and uh, haven't addressed it with her at all. But like, I really wanted to make her feel pain. Like I would fantasize about that kind of shit. Her walking in at the show or something. Yeah. Well, and I knew that she was hearing these songs and it was just like, I really, really felt that. And I, she, the fact that she wouldn't acknowledge it became like, that's what I was writing about with Ashamed is like, like, can you, are you not going to acknowledge the fact that I'm writing all these angry songs about you? Yeah. Are you, you're not, can you not hear all the things that I'm saying? You know? And it's like, yeah, I look at it now and it's like, I have mixed feelings because like I was very productive. Uh, and those songs obviously, have meant things to other people that are deeper than just anger. Mm. But it felt like for me, like I was just trying to like just hurt people. Yeah. And that was like, you know, I'm not a violent person, but like, you know, I look at like Eminem and like how he writes like these murder fantasies in his songs. And it's like, I, I wouldn't do that, but like, this is like the next best thing for me. So, I don't know, man. I just, I, I haven't really figured out what all that is. I haven't written a song about a girl in a while, though, and I'm, I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, dude, I just don't fucking know how to not write angry songs about a breakup. Yeah. I don't I know, you, man. I don't know. I don't know how to write songs that aren't like I'm a big piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the conclusion I of all of this. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I I don't get that from your songs, and maybe that's the thing is like, it we're too close. Yeah, and it's know? almost like, wait, yeah, why do I need to try to understand this? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, and I I feel like I I, I I'm at a point now where I like I don't really necessarily care about like what people think of the songs, other than the fact that I have enough songs that like if people don't like a certain song, I won't play it. You yeah. know, like I want to play the songs that mean something to somebody else. Like totally, because there's yeah. yeah, there's and just this with, with writing and you talking about taking those verses out that were just for this person. It's just like yeah. at the end of this day, like this is, you know, like this isn't just for me. You know, what I'm saying like like I have right. a diary. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just like as 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 personal as I make this, and as as much as like as much as I enjoy that process. At the end of the day. I'm going to be on this stage. Like the, the goal is, you know, 
you know, that it should be for somebody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Totally. And you have to leave room for them. You know what I'm saying? Well, and it's, yeah, it's and a I mean, fine line that I'm still finding. Well, and I think therapy, for better or for worse, changes the way that you write because you have another outlet all of a sudden. At least for me. Like, I yeah. didn't have another outlet for those kind of emotions before totally. that. Absolutely, um, man. So now I have to deal with things... And I know that I'm going to bring shit into therapy now that I write, but I'm dealing with, like, most of the stuff I'm writing about right now is, like, addiction. Uh, I've written, you know, I wrote that song about, like, the band breaking, which was really another song just about me, you know? I feel like that's, like, where I am now is, like, all the songs I'm writing are really about myself because they always were. The anger, the hate that I felt about the other women was really just me hating myself, you know? And so, I don't know, man. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. <laughs> I, um, just to kind of wrap up this, like, sure, man. ex-girlfriend conversation, mm-hmm. like, because you pose an interesting question, like, are there constructive things that you can get from an ex-girlfriend? You know what I'm saying? Like, is there a point to that relationship at all? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, post-breakup. What is the function of a person in your life, you know? Yeah. And not to be so pragmatic and cold about it, you know? Because it's like, what are you doing for me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's just still something that I, I haven't figured out at all. Well, <laughs> uh, I wish I could help you out there, man. No, it's all good. No, and I appreciate you, like, venturing into the inquiry with me yeah you know what i'm saying yeah totally <laughs> totally Just trying to figure it out you know so I, <laughs> I appreciate um yeah you just kind of being honest and and sharing your thoughts on what all that stuff is sure <laughs> yeah man yeah can i get you to play a song my friend yeah yeah i'll try it out fuck so. yeah <laughs> Ooh. Swing low for me I'll be your chariot Love is deceased I'll help you bury it Stay close to me And I'll hold your fragile skin when you can't breathe We won't fall back again This time I'll be
Don't look for me Don't try to understand I'll gladly bleed I'll do the best I can This time I'll be This time I'll be whatever you want me to be Falling back to you I'm calling I don't need proof, words I know as true Love is Swing back at me Unclench your iron grip Lie through your teeth Into my open lips When you're in need You'll take my breath from me when you can't breathe You'll be the death of me This time I'll be nothing This time I'll be This time I'll be whatever you want me to be. Whatever you want.